Hello there, you beautiful southern belle you. I see you've just had your hair coloured. It looks nice. <laughs> you're a pretty little thing, aren't you? Um, Are you talking to, to... Is there someone behind me that you're talking to? Or... Mate, I'm addressing... One, the nation. I'm, what I'm doing is, you never know who's listening. And I just think maybe... Maybe one of them that pretty. appeals to somebody. <laughs> I'm sure we'll you're see. all pretty. Let's try, I can try it with someone else. Hello, you fat, northern, <laughs> ugly, shit-smelling spod. I don't think Peter Kalis is this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Riot Act. My name's Stephen Hill. That's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Uh, this is the Alternative Music Podcast, episode 14. Yeah, we're getting spots. We've got hair appearing in weird places. Um, I haven't. No, I've got hair unappearing in places where there's unappearing mm. is that you saying you're shaving discreetly uh it wasn't meant to be i mean i, <laughs> I don't know i don't we can oh, start this again if you want you're doing a me- no no never <laughs> never never do that i i that i fucking this is not meant to be perfection all right, all right, all right, all right. This is fucking rock and roll yeah yeah so uh it's not um <laughs> but how are you anyway yeah you're right you were doing a sort of a metaphor your simile weren't you about Puberty, I was trying. Us reaching puberty. Yes, yes. I was trying and uh, I got a weird look from you and that's when I feel insecure and then I stopped talking. Yeah, but I'm quite a stupid man, Renfrew. <laughs> I didn't get your very simple Oh, I see. Thing. That is what I meant. I meant we were 14. But that's that's not even true because that would mean we were 14 years old. 14? We've been wanking for three years. <laughs> three? <laughs> if you're anything like More me. More like five. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a fucking cold. I've been in bed. I feel gross. So you look great. If it's any consolation, I know that's not true, but um, yeah, I feel really great. So basically, Renfrew's done all the work this week, yeah. and I've just sort of been in bed, feeling incredibly sorry for myself in my new flat. We're in my new flat. Yeah, I've moved, I've moved to uh, to lovely historic Greenwich, <laughs> and this is the first. This is where Mean Time was invented. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And we're gonna have a Mean Time for the next hour and a half. Fucking yes! We're back on track. Right. Um, we're part of musicism and uh, you should know that by now, really, because you should have really been listening for, for 14 episodes. Um, go to musicism.net and over there, they do tutorials mm-hmm. for the guitarist, the budding guitarist, the mm-hmm. budding singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. the budding producer. And we should probably point out that one of the albums that we're reviewing today is the guitar, is the... Well, um, I'm going to do that. Fuck! All right, like I'll put yeah. my hands up in the air. I, I'm gonna do that, Renfrey. Okay. I'm obviously okay. gonna do okay. that. You got, we got that back. The meantime thing was good, yep. and then I was in, and you <laughs> fucked it. So just let me do this you bit, get right? Really Musicism.net. Yeah, uh, you can sign up for all their courses, nine ninety nine a month. Put in the code right in capitals at the checkout, you get twenty five percent off. What? Yeah. So do that. Yeah, right? do that. Um, okay, on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Sick of It All. We'll be reviewing the new album from Tosca, who are Musicism alumni. Ah, thank Rem- you. Thank Rem- you. Rem- yeah, thank you. Yeah, you happy with that now? Yes, you happy? I'm it's very actually happy. Um, uh, two of the guys from Musicism, right? Yes, uh, it's Ben and Rabbit. Yeah, so their band, um, it's going to be awkward if we don't like the record, isn't it? Oh. Ben will, just, ben will just edit, edit this it out. out. I mean, yeah. Fuck yeah. Me, there's a lot to edit out. <laughs> um, and we're going to be doing the new album as well from Sylvain. And um, we are actually, we're taking a break from 
the uh, the the trade off because mm. I didn't listen. I don't even know what album you gave me last week because I've been ill and I've been busy, and so it's going to have a week off. But we're going to bring in a new thing which we used to, which I used to do on the old Metal Hammer podcast. Remember that we used to do something called half fives where we do a top five of a thing. So we're going to start doing that a little bit, and this week we're going to start by picking our five favourite records each that have been released on the legendary Epitaph Records, the oh, punk yeah. staple. Um, yeah. well, but is it? Because Yeah, Brett Gerwitz started it to release his old Bad Religion albums and then over the it's gone on quite quite the journey hasn't well it? there's been some brilliant records and there's been some fucking awful ones on yeah, Epitaph but, um, but the brilliant ones are the cream of the crop yeah they so we'll be talking because it's quite a lot of um, sick of it all aside there's the, the two albums we're doing are pretty serious so we thought we'd you know chuck a bit of fun time punk rock in there which yeah. I assume I've actually not picked that much of that but fine anyway you'll find out later neither have i no yeah no uh it's quite quite depressing oh that'll be a nice change yeah talking about sort of these (laughs) yeah no there's no day glow serious yeah there's not really um okay if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you do uh, i think you do i think that those guys over there are lovely oh yeah they give us some money Mm. they tweet us and Mm -hmm. you like the tweet and and i just ignore it like an arrogant pig that i am but i'm I like Sorry all those about tweets. that, guys. Yeah, I know you do. I don't really like tweets. I, I, I don't think I've ever liked... I like to tweet... I think it's, it's just an acknowledgement, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I'm just... I, I kind of scroll past stuff, and I've, I don't even really... I've gone... I've, I've sort of checked out on Twitter a little bit now. Ooh. Given up. Are you, uh, are you moving on to another social media platform? Um, no, not really. I'm In, just a bit bored of it. Insta-thwack. Insta-thwack. Whatever it's called. No, I'm just a bit... I'm just a bit, like, been a bit bored with social. I just haven't really felt like... Oh, this, you're painting a bit of a tortured picture of you, yourself. My life. Oh, what? Because yeah. I won't go on Twitter. <laughs> now, what a sad life you must lead. <laughs> I thought you were sort of saying you're fed up of social social interaction. <laughs> Is it just I'm social a bit media? Of social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't really go on Twitter very much. Yeah. Um, and when I do, it's kind of. But mind. we have a great Twitter presence on. Uh... We do a right act. You got it very good. Me personally, uh. You know, but anyway, go and find us. Have a look for yourself yeah. at Riot Act underscore podcast on Twitter. And if you want to give us some money, um, you know, once I've settled into my new house, which is nice, right? Got a green wall. There's a green wall. Green, I've got a green toilet green seat. Toilet which Renfrey seat. got angry about that. He I didn't, didn't get angry. You got annoyed that I didn't tell you I had a green toilet seat before you came round. Got right? annoyed you didn't tell me, but I, I didn't get angry. That's mm. a bit much. I just, I was just like, Steve, there's a green toilet seat in it, mm. and. Uh, yeah, it, it's reminded me of Kermit. Mm. I didn't like the thought. I mean, you know, if I ever have to go to the number two when I'm here, I don't like shitting in Kermit's mouth. Ooh. Um I've not seen that that uh, clip. Um, but uh, it's Gonzo does it. <laughs> his poo's the same shape as his nose. <laughs> can you get sued by the Muppets? They're Disney well, now, aren't they? So yeah, yeah probably so can. Definitely, you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a green toilet seat. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> Give us some money at patreon.com for more quality uh, forward slash right podcast for more Muppet poo based uh, material. Um, been a few gigs that we've be- both been at. Oh, yes. Um, collectively and individually this week, Renfrey. Oh, yes. Um, we both went to see Turnstile at the House of Vans. Yes. Now, I know having spoken to you and you having spoken to me, we both have contrasting opinions on this gig. Well, let's get. Let's sort of see how we can come to some sort of agreement about what the gig was like. I don't think we'll be able to, though. Um, well, really, the but the reasons for the contrasting opinions are nothing to do with the band whatsoever. They're to do with um, a 
shall we say, an unusual venue? An unusual venue, say. which is not a music venue, essentially. Not really it's not, it was venue. not built with its sole purpose to be a music venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very long, t- if you're unfamiliar with the House of Vans, it's a very long tunnel underneath um, the train tracks kind of thing yeah. um, near Waterloo Station. And um, it's all kind of brick and stuff. And the, the, in, on the other side, there's like skating ramps and all that kind of thing, yeah. you know, all Vansy kind of stuff. Um, but Which is cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's a nice environment, and it's a cool alternative type vibe. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool and all that kind of thing. But there's definitely a sense because it's a long tunnel. There's definitely a sense that unless you're in the first half of the venue, you're pretty much wasting your time. I would say. I mean, that is how I felt. Because you were at the back, particularly. You? Yeah, I got there. Um, probably about 15 minutes before Turnstile came on. Right. And I tried to get a drink and they came on. I missed the first sort of two songs because I was waiting at the bar. Right. Um, and it was just absolutely rampacked. I was stood pretty much, I just stood at the bar and turned around and still I felt like I was crushed up at the front. Yeah. It's cool that they put these gigs on these bands for free. I think that's really, really cool. I, we should point that out because... Yeah, the, it was a free ev- show. I think every show at the House of Fans is free, yeah. isn't it? So... You know, from one point of view, it's like, well, can you really complain about that? But then at the same time, it's like, be nice if you could get a space which yeah, actually works as a venue. I've you know? been to a few gigs there and I've never known it be that packed, which is weird because I've seen Cancer Bats and Bring Me the Horizon there. Yeah. Bring Me the Horizon, you would imagine, mm. would have been absolutely bedlam packed. But actually, I was still about halfway from the front and I had lots of room and it felt like quite a respectful, nice atmosphere. I wonder if that's because of the... Um, pitting antics that were occurring so there were yeah. a lot of circle well, this pits is opening up thing. and stuff like this so. this is the other thing there it, there it was not a nice atmosphere in there it wasn't really no no, no it I wasn't agree. and that's not that's actually not the venue's fault no i mean i saw all the two, bands to be i saw super two fights break out and have to be broken up by security mm. right by me mm. and that's at the back of the venue and I'm sure, hopefully, the people at the front who were, you know, spin kicking and fucking doing that shit. And, you know, I couldn't Lots really... of crowd killing and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, that's not... That's never cool. It's pathetic. And if you do it, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. It's not... <laughs> like, uh, well, like no, there's no two about. ways about it. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So stop it. Just a dumb fuck thing to do. Yeah. And, um, and Stephen Hill says that, and he's punk as fuck. I mean, I'm like, yeah, like the punkest guy that i know <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the punk kids say <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm so punk like i'm like mega punk <coughs> yeah. has that punk off coming on yeah it's not great um but yeah i mean you know i it's not cool doing that i didn't really like the atmosphere i've been to a few like i saw i saw turnstile in the summer at the boston, um, music, boston music room and they were amazing yeah Amazing, yeah. and the, it was a. That was the you, day that England got, England got kicked out. out of the yeah, and it was a. Re- Again, that was violent. It was crazy. It was wild, but it was a. Euph- yeah. It was kind of like weirdly a, a euphoric atmosphere. Well, I wonder if it's something to do with it being a free show. Maybe um, sometimes you know, I, I do notice. Um, I've not noticed it at Vans as much, but but at the old the old blue last two a lot of free shows, and as a result, you get people who are just sort of wandering in. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it can turn the atmosphere a bit. But no one could wander into that because you needed to be. That's a, true. A you needed you and... need you needed to go through the process of actually 
get getting a ticket. a ticket, but the ticket was still free. Yeah. So so it's not quite the same as an old blue last situation. But I'm wondering if because no one has to pay has any fine uh, economic incentive. You know, mm. there's there's you know. I Maybe I, I mean I, I don't know. know. I'm, I just I'm putting think theories are, forward. I've I, no idea. I seen Turnstile twice. I saw them at Boston Music Rooms. They were fucking amazing. It was really euphoric. I saw them about a week later or a few days later actually at Two Thousand yeah, Trees. Geez. Again, they were completely, completely brilliant. In fact, yeah. they were probably better. So it's not like those songs from Time and Space can't travel. No, I think they can. I think they. You know, it's rare for a hardcore band to be able to translate their music onto a a, a larger audience. Well, I have to say, being closer to the front. I, I I thought they were amazing, mm. but I was also, I mean, this sounds like such a weird thing to say, considering that we, we, we go to a lot of heavy shows where there's a lot of pits and a lot of like, uh. you know, a lot of violence, but a lot of stuff, violence, which is sort of cathartic and it doesn't feel like people actually trying to beat the shit out of each other. And this was just, I felt the same fear that I felt kind of going to kicks when I was 14 which wasn't particularly pleasant because I was unfamiliar with it when I was 14. I mean, Pitts now, you know, I, I just sort of, I'm not saying this in a I'm so hard way, but I just sort of stand on the side of them and they don't particularly bother me. But like, this was just completely, complete bedlam. Yeah. It was, it was manic. And some people would be like, oh, that was so cool. But it didn't feel cool. Well, you, there were there were a few fights breaking out in the pit and it was I, just like, this is lame. This I is think shit. That, in comparison to the Boston Music Room show, which again was wild and it felt dangerous, but it felt nice. There were just some gigs and it's not even necessarily some bands. Like I saw, I've seen Madball at the Underworld yeah. like too many times to even count, to be honest. And obviously there are, Hardcore, but they're a hardcore band with a massive kind of following. It's been, they play that venue all the time, and I've seen them numerous times over the years. There was one time that I went to go and see them where it was just a really horrible atmosphere, mm. and they were, you know, I was stood off the floor, and people were like pushing into each other and, and squaring up to each other, and I was just like, "That's weird." And then a year later, I went to go and see them. And I thought, "Oh God, mm. I'm not going to see Madball." Mm. And last time, it was just so horrible. The and, last, uh, and it was, sorry. and it was fucking lovely it was like yeah exactly what you'd want it to be like you know people were crowd surfing people were stage diving people were circle pitting people were going mental yeah but it just felt like you know excitement it didn't feel like you know people it didn't feel like you know raw aggressive like naked pointed aggression at your fellow at, concert at individuals yeah, yeah yeah it's just that sort of thing i was seeing like you know when um, people are going up to people behind them and pushing people into the pit who clearly don't want to pit and crap like that, you know? And I was just like, this is completely lame. Yeah. And, you know, to, to reiterate, fuck all to do with the band. This has got nothing to do with Turnstile. I thought they were great. You know, I thought they were brilliant. Um, a bit more crowd control might have been nice, but I thought they were fucking excellent. Um, but then who knows what, you know, who knows what security you can see and who knows what a band can see in those circumstances and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think that's a um, silly place to put the blame. But like, it was just, yeah, as you say, it just, just wasn't a pleasant or nice atmosphere <laughs> to be in. Um, and it was just, there was just so much kind of nasty intent behind. I mean, yeah, I, I saw quite a few fights break mm -hmm. out. Um, and it just wasn't, that's not what anyone, 
I mean, if you go to shows for that, then you are a cunt and you should leave, you know? Yeah, there's like, no fucking place for that. For just no. like literal fucking violence. That's it's bullshit. fucking ridiculous. But as for Turnstile, I mean, I could see that they were being really good. But it, again, you know, the sound travelled at 2000 Trees to the back of the tent and it didn't really travel to the Did back of the, the House of Van. So I was a bit like, I can't really get the full impact of it well from my perspective i will say you know whilst like half fearing for my life i did think they were absolutely fantastic i was unlucky to not have a chance to see them early in the year this is actually the first time i've seen turnstile is it yeah and um that time and space record is one of my favorite albums of the year um it's absolutely it's borderline perfect it's so good yeah it's great um and all of those songs sounded amazing the non-stop feeling songs which i cared for less if i'm totally honest sounded fucking brilliant oh, and yeah, i actually they... actually went back to non-stop feeling and actually like it hell of a lot more so when gigs do that when gigs make you go back to a band's record and make you reassess it that's always a good sign yeah um i thought they were excellent i mean i thought they were brilliant they finished on um uh, moon, moon yeah. which was just great like such fuck that is one of my favorite songs of the year moon i think it's just a minute and a half of perfection yeah it's awesome um i thought they were brilliant but it's difficult to wholeheartedly recommend a gig when there's just so many pricks ruining it for everyone else well i mean having seen them twice and both times they were jaw-droppingly yeah brilliant i'm sure i couldn't say that on friday in any way and i was just a bit like Ugh, it's yeah. kind of annoying. I will go to see Turnstile again and again and again and again, and I'm sure that show will be one of the worst times I see them, oh, uh, I, which is which is nothing to do with them. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a bit odd. I mean, I think I had a better time than you just because I made sure that I got to the front because I, you know, I've been that venue a few times. I know that's you're just wasting your time if you're at the back, basically. But yeah. like, um, yeah. It was a, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, one. but hey, you know hey. that's kind of like I say. Sometimes you get a gig, just a one-off gig, where things don't quite sit right. In the same way, sometimes the stars align and you just get this incredible gig. Like it exactly. can also work the other way. So exactly. you know, it's just one of those days. Um, now, Renfrey, hello. I am really, really, really gutted about this. Um. Because because of how fucking ill I've been, because of the absolute fucking hellish stress of moving house, which, by mm. the way, never move house. Like, it's no. such a fucking pain in the shitter. Yeah, but look at this lovely house it's that you're nice, in It's nice, I know, yeah. you got the really Kermit nice. toilet. Got the Kermit toilet, yeah. That's worth um, the move. Yeah, no, you put it like that. Yeah, yeah. But what it meant was, is the day that I moved, the next day after I'd moved into my new flat and was just like, a crumpled mess. Mm. Um, I couldn't bring myself to travel all the way to Oxford as much as I wanted to. Lovely to city. Well, of course, yeah. But I wouldn't just go for no reason. Yeah, but the Oxford Tube, mate. Have you ever been on the Oxford Tube? No. Quick review of the Oxford Tube. It's like a coach. If someone in 2004 was trying to design a coach of the future, it would be the Oxford Tube. Um, and uh, it's very nice. Cool. Uh, seven out of ten. We can edit that bit out, can't we? <laughs> um, but anyway, that wasn't why I was annoyed that I didn't go. Uh, I wasn't annoyed that I didn't get to go to Oxford either. I was annoyed that you got to see Idols. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. just to recap, a couple of months ago, the day that Joys and Axes of Resistance came out, 
we reviewed it. I say we reviewed it on this podcast. You didn't actually get a chance to listen I to it. I didn't get a copy of it. No. Yeah. Um, but I did. And I immediately went, fucking hell, this is a very, very special record. Mm. And it felt like um, just a lot of things that uh, I thought were kind of um, necessary in music and things that I think are really it spoke to me on a lot of levels that record mm-hmm. it's great i think it's speaking to a lot of people well, on a lot of records uh, uh, on a little lot of different levels because <laughs> so i've caught up with idols completely um uh joy is an act of resistance and brutalism by the way as well which yep. i also think is fucking brilliant yeah it is yeah um and uh i'm in complete agreement that this is a fucking phenomenal record like one of the best records of the year i'm pretty sure it will feature in both of our lists well it was in i mean everyone knows what my album of the year is but it was in the running until fucked up came along mm. there were about three or four albums where i was like what's the best album of the mm. year and idols was bouncing between kind of the top four from all, all four positions at various yeah. points i think it's really brilliant really really well, really it's brilliant. a stunning rebuttal of the current state of modern britain isn't it you know it is um i think it's a bit more than that though to be fair i like, think it I, is having, more than that yeah, having, yeah. having lived with it for a long time mm. i actually think it's there's quite a lot more to it than just that i think it's getting painted like that and i think that's a i think that is a uh you can in a, in a kind of microcosm you could go Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. But I think there's a lot more to it than that, personally. It felt like, I mean, those were the themes that um, the singer Joe Talbot, Joe, yeah. yeah, he was bringing up quite a lot. He's, he's talked a lot about, like, what each song was about before um, before they were singing them and stuff like that. And it was a really rabid crowd. Mm. <laughs> a really kind of, really, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you get told that a show is sold out and you know it's not really sold out yeah. like it actually happens quite often this was sold out this was as every as every single show on this tour has been i believe yeah. um like they sold out the forum weeks ago which is 2300 people yeah. um oxford academy is a thousand and it was just completely i mean oxford doesn't get many gigs i used to live there and it doesn't get many gigs coming through so to sell out in Oxford is actually quite an achievement because yeah. there aren't many people who are most people just go to London I think if they want to go and see live music um and I just felt <laughs> it, there was this kind of irony in terms of what well, the reason I brought up that sort of state of modern Britain thing is they're appealing to an amazingly wide mass audience I mean they've been on Jules Holland um you know th- they're selling out these huge i mean this this tour was 10 11 12 dates it wasn't insignificant tour, yeah. Yeah. and they sold out every single date we'll likely i mean it's likely we'll see them in brixton i wouldn't i have no doubt yeah um and if this trajectory continues on album number three it'll be weird but maybe arenas which will be odd and i'll we'll see what uh, happens with that but yeah i mean i i don't know who knows? But I, they they don't strike me as just sort of I, I I. It feels like a moment to me. This I it think, doesn't feel like I because of what they are. Yeah, I don't like. I'd be happy to be wrong, but I don't see this as. 
I see them continuing. Yeah. But I don't see the same level of... I don't see this trajectory continuing just because I think it's too difficult. Maybe, yeah. And this, this, but this is the, this is the big surprise, isn't it? It's it's music that on a surface level seems to be one thing, quite sort of dumb, anarcho punk of some post-punk. kind, post punk, yeah, yeah. And uh, but it, as soon as you peel away, you know, it's an onion. As soon as you peel away the layers, there's so much more to it and it's mm. so much more interesting and i think I, I was kind of looking at a lot of the crowd and there were a few times where joe was kind of like pointing out people and just being like can you you know not stop acting like um you're the only person here kind of thing in terms of like the crowd getting rowdy and stuff like that and it just struck me that <coughs> on songs like uh I, on songs like Sorry, i'm mate. scum and yeah. stuff like that i was like he's literally singing to the people he's talking about in a lot of mm. cases. And it, there is this kind of irony in a way that I'm, I'm not in any way suggesting that idols audiences are, are shits or anything like that. What I'm sort of saying is when you get a lot of people lash, latching on something very, very quickly, you're inevitably going to get pricks as well. It's what Dave Grohl said, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. You know, the, the people totally that used true. to beat him up were suddenly turning up to see Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They used to beat him up for listening to punk rock and suddenly they're at their show. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting. I mean, I just found that a really funny, interesting dynamic that these people, and, and everyone knew every word to yeah. that record, uh, particularly the Joys and Active Resistance stuff. Even the Brutalism stuff, like everyone was singing every single word back. It's obviously like quite a lot of it's easy to learn because a lot of it are kind of mantras which are yeah. repeated time, again and again and again. Um, but, my god like so they started with the the first song from uh, joy as an act of resistance which i can't recall the name of now but it started it has this really slow droning bass and they started it even slower and it was even more like it was so it was very kind of it's not a great word for it but very artsy like far artsier than i'd expect uh, a, a mass amount of people to get into so quickly kind of thing and it the the atmosphere that it created was just so menacing and and like it was it was just it was nasty and violent and heavy like just yeah. in terms of atmosphere and then you know that song sort of stops midway through there's a false ending yeah. where it just comes back in and it becomes really anarchic and punky yeah. the place just went off it was just insane like one of those times where you're in a venue and there is literally no escape from any kind of pit or anything like that not in a shitty turnstile way but like just in a kind of like (coughs) if you're in that building you're involved in the show in some way shape or form you know and um it didn't really let up from there it was just it was just amazing like the the energy throughout was about an hour and a half uh, Joe has this incredible thing where he's kind of like part Nick Cave, part kind of uh, like Ian Curtis. He sounds like Ian Curtis. Yeah, I, mean, the, I kind the, of get that. To, when when the album came out, I didn't at any point really think there's been a bit of a backlash from the rock and metal community to to idols. Have you, have you seen this mm, bits and pieces? Yeah, which um, it is funny to me because it just 
to me that goes oh you don't know as much about punk as you thought you did <laughs> do you know what i mean like oh they don't sound like green day so they can't be a punk band well it's do a very you- kind of it's a form of punk rock that hasn't really been prevalent for many, many, many years. They sound like McCluskey fronted by Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. What's, yeah. what's not relevant to sort of, not just what to what we do, but to what any of the fucking... But even McCluskey split up 10 years ago or something like that, you know? I mean, I mean, they, yeah, yeah. Like, and McCluskey were fucking odd. At, they were like one of... Yeah, felt one odd. of a kind at the time, you yeah, know? Yeah, of course. I think this stuff is really, really... It's harking back to an era um, that a lot of people probably just don't know about at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, if your main influences are Joy Division and Pill and I guess a mid-period Clash and The Fall and, you know, like you mentioned Nick Cave... So, or you know, the birthday party. There's a lot of early Nick Cave and birthday party stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Wire and television and talking heads and that sort of thing i mean maybe not talking heads so much uh but certainly no certainly a bit and i just you know I, or like gang of four they, yeah yeah, yeah, plenty of gang gang of four, four. yeah and uh, what's how why is that not you know just because you listen to fucking good charlotte <laughs> i don't know i think i, I th- don't i guess i don't know i, I that's I un- all i can think i think i understand you know, Idols are so clearly not a band for everyone. I can totally admit that. And that's part of the reason why I'm so stunned by the, their success. And I don't mean that in a mean-spirited way, because I think they are brilliant. Yeah, it is surprising um, that a band... But, but, it's like at the driving getting... It's yeah. like what... I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I don't want to use Nirvana as a comparison, but any time a band who are kind of genuinely weird and different... I mean... You know, we've we could you could reel off a bunch of kind of eighties post punk bands or McCluskey or whatever mm. that they they definitely sound like, but like you quite rightly say, no one's really doing that at the moment, and no. it's certainly not ever seeped into any part of the mainstream culture at all. I mean, even when you think of the type of bands that would have been influenced by someone like Joy Division, when you think of Editors or Interpol, I mean, they're nowhere near as viscerally. Um emotionally do you know what i mean they're, 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 it's nowhere near as harsh as what idols are doing no and i don't think it has the layers that idols has as well i think this is another thing like there are some lines on that record which are you know quite easy to pick up on and know what they are i mean they didn't play june because i can't imagine them ever playing june live because it's such a personal yes. song about joe's um daughter's premature death but, um, you know, stuff like baby shoes for sale, never worn is quite, you can, you can, you can understand where that lyric's coming from. But then there are lyrics which took me a while to get like, um, oh, what's that lyric in um, I'm Scum? Where he talks about this, uh, this snowflakes and avalanche and shit like yeah. that. Like, it, you know, the first six listens, I'm like yeah that's a nice metaphor thing and then it's just like oh no wait because lefties are constantly being called snowflake and it's like it's like this really violent leftist backlash against all this right-wing bullshit that we've had for such a long time i think it's an uplifting record as well i mean again i I don't think you know if someone spoke to you like on when you listen to like television like if someone spoke to you the way you speak to you i put their fucking teeth through yeah Yeah. love yourself that's about that's that's about his daughter he said on stage really i didn't know that that's about his yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's fucking, I just thought that was a kind of 
about rejecting yeah, yeah. media values of what beauty is and, and what a fucking brilliant topic to write a song about. He, like, said, it, he, it said, really he said on stage it was about his daughter. So I don't yeah, know if it was tongue or cheek cool. or not. It didn't seem tongue in cheek, but no. I, like, you know, and, and there was like, I'm a scum. He was like dedicated to his friends because he was like, oh, they're all scum. Kind of. yeah. it, it's, it's a weird very british kind of humor but it is humor yeah. it's dark yeah it's humor it's like i i love it because it like what he does is it'll he'll go yada 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 danny yeah, yeah. and you just go oh this is a bit kind of just jaunty and dare i say it kaiser chiefs esque yes like, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah totally. which you know is totally. not something i would normally want to listen no. to but then he'll fucking you know um he'll then tw- the next line will be you you don't see it because it's been something sort of um you know my best friend is a uh, uh, that bit what's the line where he's like he's freddie mercury a nigerian mother of three when he's talking about immigrants yes. like that which obviously yeah. danny delco is like yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of pro-immigration song yeah. and which he made very clear before yeah. playing it <laughs> and i think that like you can it's just a really good way of, of sugarcoating those th- those kind of very specific topics yeah and it blindsides you and slaps you so hard in the face and you know the idea that they're not a punk band or they're not anything to do with kind of proper alternative rock music i mean you know if you're somebody listening to the men zingers and you're going well they've got something to do with punk but idols don't i mean i fucking love the men zingers but mm. what have they got to do with punk if, if idols have nothing to do with punk what are the gaslight anthem and the men zingers and they oh they're american is mm. that it mm. as america just fucking they've just t- that. it feels in this country it feels like british people are going no, like too many people in our in our country think of punk now as American punk, mm. and I think it's pretty fucking shit that a a British punk band who sound like a British punk band who are talking about things that are happening in this country come along, and a load of like people who are the kind of you know the gatekeepers to what punk rock is. Um, just go. <laughs> I want American music. Well, I I I don't want opinion. to get too far into the what is and what isn't punk discussion because it's the most boring discussion <laughs> probably in music. But if you'll allow me for fifteen seconds or so, I do. Mate, you wait till we review the Umi at Six album. That's the most boring discussion. In- <laughs> no, I'm joking. Never going to review that. Um, but if, uh, but I think it is far more quote unquote punk to be talking about holding up a mirror to the country, which, you know, you probably love and has turned to complete and utter fucking shit. Um, And singing that to the people who are potentially even making it shit in some cases. I think that's more punk than good Charlotte personally, you know? Um, And like, I, I I think it is a wonderful anomaly, Idols. Mm. Um, a wonderful, wonderful anomaly. And I'm so pleased that it's happening. I think you might be right. Um, I have to admit, if I have one criticism, mid just midway through, they did 18 songs. They did quite a lot of songs. I, it was an hour and a half. And I have to admit, I got... Not... I was never bored, certainly never bored, but it was a tad samey. And uh-huh. I was like, where do idols go from here? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I don't know where they go from here. And re- whilst retaining what I love about them, 
that's going to continue to make them interesting if that makes sense and i think they can, can definitely can continue to make interesting music i mean yeah without without wanting to sound like a broken fucking record you just have to look at the fucked up album to go yeah exactly like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is no limit to what a band can do if they really truly put their mind to it yep but as we discussed at the time nobody's really going to listen to that i mean how many people have like no not very many people have tweeted me and gone oh i really love it like a, f- a few people We've had have a gone, few a few yeah. people have tweeted but, but obviously a lot of people have just gone no nah, i can't be bothered with that it's, which is yeah, fine but you know you're fucking lost to be honest but, <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> steve's feeling very confrontational because he hates his cold this this week yeah i'm so. not happy with this cold but anyway <laughs> idols in oxford well jealous they were absolutely phenomenal and um it's the last time we'll see them in venues of that size, like possibly, possibly ever. And it, yeah, it very much feels like an implosion and it very much feels like a, I was there moment kind of thing. And, um, I would love to see, I'm very curious as to where they will go next. I don't know what it is. And I, I don't want to bet against them at all, but, um, I, it was, it felt really special and felt, felt really, really amazing. The energy was incredible. And mm. yeah, anyone who says they're not punk is just a fucking idiot and hasn't got a clue what they're talking about. I agree. So um, that's Idols. I, last night, went to go and see the Pixies at the Roundhouse. Yeah. Doing Surfer Rosa Doing in full, Surfer I Surfer Rosa in full, amongst other things. Uh, I've never actually seen the Pixies before. What? Yeah, I've never seen them. Oh my God. I've seen them about eight times since they reformed. Oh, you're not better than me. Oh, that's what I was suggesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. <laughs> um, uh, so wow, seen, have, how have you not, not seen Pixies? Well, because when they came back, yeah. um, those shows sold out before they'd even gone on sale. Yeah. I was at one of those shows. Yeah. Did you see them doing Doolittle in full? Yes, I did. Uh, see, I'm more of a Doolittle man than the Surf and Rose. So man. am I. So yeah. am I. Yeah. Although... They're, they're both good, aren't they? They're both great. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, um, <laughs> for me, them doing Doolittle and Full was a massive disappointment. Hmm. One of my favourite things about Pixies Live, they're another band, like Pearl Jam, the best band in the world, lest we forget, hmm. uh, who changed their set every night. Yeah. So seeing... I, I, I was... I, I would have gone to these shows, but I have to admit, hearing that they were doing Surfer Rosa in full kind of put me off going because I feel like they're a better band when they are let loose and do whatever the fuck they want to do kind of well, thing. Well, I mean, Surfer Rosa was the middle of the set. So okay. they did 28 songs and that's a 13-song album? Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. So, you know, I mean, for me, oh, I don't want to sound like a kind of proper casual fan um, because there were some songs they didn't play that aren't, that massive like i really wanted them to like some of their newest stuff so like, i really really wanted to hear um blue-eyed hex mm-hmm. i really, really wanted them to do and they didn't um but um we didn't get monkeys gone to heaven uh, we didn't get debaser um we oh, didn't man. go um here comes your man there was like, a lot there's a lot right. of like real big ones that they uh that they didn't play they are quite tricksy like that they will do that yeah, sometimes they are i mean you know like it was a it was a good set list. I mean, it started with Caribou, oh, um, which nice. was lovely. Caribou. And yeah, and they did, um, they did uh, uh, Down to the Well, which oh, they nice. haven't done since 1990, by all accounts. No! Yeah, and they did Build High as well, which apparently they haven't. Build which, High, Build High. Yeah, which apparently they've not done since 1988. Fuck. Yeah, That's and cool. they did do, um, they did um, uh, Rock of My Soul by Frank Black as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was cool. Um, 
and like uh, there was, you know, like there was some, there was some good, really, really good bits in it. Like really, okay, really good okay. bits. Yeah, like yeah, Um Chugalow, yeah. I thought was fucking yeah. great. Um, Ed is Dead was really good as well. Mm-hmm. Like it was good. But then as soon as kind of Bone Machine started and you go, oh, here we go. Here which we, was yeah, yeah. about 10, it was like 10 songs in. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that started, you were like, okay, right. Well, I know where we are now and I know yep. what's going on. Yep. And there were bits in it like Gigantic was obviously, like when you get the kind of really big, like Gigantic was amazing. They, so these are, these are Gigantic without Kim Deal, obviously, because Kim Deal's not in the band anymore. Yeah, but it's Paz from formerly... Paz Lechanton, Le- Le- Le yeah. yeah. P- formerly, formerly of the Perfect Circle. And Zwan. And Zwan, yeah, mm-hmm. who's lovely beautiful. Lady. Yeah, lovely lady. Still. And um, yeah, I've got a mad crush on her. <laughs> I May- have. Maybe a talk for off air. Nah. Um, <laughs> she's she's lovely lady. Yeah, she's lovely lady. She's and her bass playing is incredible. Yeah, as well. and she had a, and she was great. Like yeah, like gigantic with her sort of front and it was was fucking was I, great. This is no offense to Paz. I just can't I can't imagine that song without Kim Deal. Well, it's just so Kim Deal. It is. Yeah, but she, you know, I'm not poo pooing it. I didn't no, see no, it. It wasn't so, even but, like a kind of uh, <clears throat> a um, uh, what's it called? It wasn't even like a sort of an impression or anything it was you know it was uh it was it was actually she sort of made it her own a little bit cool okay but i trust pads yeah it was was good it was good and but what i would say is particularly during the surfer rosa stuff i mean you could see just how much they fucking phoned in Mm. where is my mind Mm-hmm. like they apps like it's one of the it's one of the worst things to go to a gig and i was like oh here we go you know so here it comes i was like right next song here it comes and then he just went stop and everyone went ah! and a million phones came out and you could sort of yeah. see them all like yeah. there wasn't that many people getting their phones out as soon as they said that all these fucking phones came out straight away literally half yeah. the venue f- cameras up in the air for pretty much the whole thing and it's- you could see them visibly go Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. one, this fucking song again, mm. and two, oh, we don't even really like. No one's even fucking really paying attention. They're just gonna like Instagram this on yeah. their stories, and it's just such. This is part of what I hate about album shows. Uh, like, so the majority that I go to are massively disappointing, and and debaser, uh, debaser. Seeing them do do little in Fall at Brixton Academy was another like like was probably the worst of those eight or nine times I've seen them because you just, once you, once a band get into a formula and start repeating the same thing night after night, it just gets really dull. Like yeah. it's really boring. Like I say, I imagine they will change up the kind of the, the bookend of the set. I'm and sure was, they do. Cause they go good, crazy. Yeah. If they like didn't. weirdly the kind of the actual, the album, like I say, was not that impressive. Yeah. And they were all right. I mean, Frank Black still can do it and mm-hmm. his screams still really good. Yep. Uh, Joe Santiago, some of his soloing was fucking incredible. Oh, it's mental. I'll tell you the man though, David Lovering on drums yeah. is fucking exceptional drummer. He's brilliant. I've never yeah. really, like, I mean, you've seen Loud, Quiet, Loud, right? Or yes. Quiet, Loud, Quiet, yes. whatever it's called. Um, which is a brilliant documentary about the Pixies when they when they reformed. If you haven't seen it, you really, really, really should go and see he's it. He's the best thing in that film. Uh, he's he, a mental person. Well, well he, he's, like. a, he's a brilliant, brilliant magician. He's a brilliant magician. He goes through a hell of a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's quite traumatic to watch at some points yeah it is. but it's um it's fucking ace it's like a it's a it's a great documentary and and he is a great drummer 
Like he's got a really unique style. And I was I found myself towards the kind of middle of the set just watching him and just kind of listening to him. Mm. So it was good. Mm. Like I'm glad I'm now go tick them off. I've seen the Pixies fucking finally. But it wasn't like, you know, I've saw Pearl Jam for the first time this year. And then when they came back a couple of weeks, like when they did the postponed show, I was like, I have to go and see them yeah. again because yeah. they were that good. I don't feel like that about, about the Pixies. I, would- I don't feel like I desperately need to see them again like they're doing more nights in london i i I wouldn't be interested in going to see it again i I will say this um the pixie shows that i've seen they have they have been enormously hit and miss actually but when they hit it's one of the best nights of your life i remember seeing them at hammersmith apollo do a 36 song set Bloody hell. Just like bang, 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 bang. And you know, most Pixie <laughs> songs are two minutes long, two, yeah. two and a half minutes long. And they were just like going through them like nobody's business. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, and um, they did an amazing show at the Forum uh, when they were warming up because they were headlining V Festival like very early on when they came back. Fucking hell, that, feels, that must have been like a long time ago. 2004, pic- 2005. Pixies headline of V Festival. They get like yeah. do a leaper and people do that. Yeah, yeah. The world it's almost like I've aged. I can't understand what's going on. Um, I have. I have just had a quick look on Setlist FM though. They they played um, Come on Pilgrim in full as well. By the by the looks of it, they started with Come on Pilgrim, um, which is the EP that came out a year before Surfer Rosa. Then they did not to make you sound casual fan or yeah. <laughs> sorry i didn't even notice that to be honest <laughs> but yeah they they well looking at the set list they played come on pilgrim uh then they played in heaven the lady radiator song thing mm. uh and then they played the whole of uh surfer rosa and then uh, an encore of just different other stuff so oh there you go that okay. must have been right. quite boring for them yeah. <laughs> to be honest uh, yeah right well there you go anyway it's good it was decent it was good yeah. uh let's do a bit of bloody news remfrey so the couple of new songs you don't always talk about new songs but as these two songs at the moment are sort of in isolation i think it's probably worth talking about mm-hmm. this has come out of fucking nowhere sort of i suppose um it had been teased a lot we've not really spoken about slipknot but there's a new slipknot song called all out life mm. i was really surprised by pretty this. good i really like it i so i t- not to be that guy but i'm gonna be that guy i don't tend to like slipknot singles i am one of those people one of those cunts who likes the album stuff um but the i mean you know the odd psychosocial single, we don't like that and i that- fucking hate psychosocial <laughs> i think it is duality the, duality is fine white and bleed's not great is it white and bleed's okay um, but the songs that, you know, was Surfacing a single? It wasn't really a single, no. was it? Surfacing is fucking outrageous. Um, my favourites, they, they're Left just... Left Behind? Left Behind's fine. Left Behind's fine. But I I, I don't tend... I'm, I don't want to make out that I usually hate the Slipknot singles because that's not true at all. They, they're just, to me, they're the least interesting songs on the records for me. As singles tend to be. As singles tend to be. Um... <laughs> There are a few exceptions. I mean, Heretic Anthem wasn't a proper single, but I do remember that being the first song that they yeah. showed off yeah, from yeah. Iowa and being really fucking excited about that. Was it on the last one, Devil Inside? Which is uh, pretty boring, isn't it? And, um, I can't 
can't Custer. fucking remember. But there's one. I don't think Custer was a single because I really like that song. And okay, that's well, that's not how it works. Actually, you can't just go. <laughs> oh no, no, it was a single because no, I liked it no, and no. I want to be. Correct. They actually send them all to me, um, and I go, I, I don't like that, and I don't like that. So those are the two there that you should put out as a single. We have such little respect for your <laughs> your opinion that we're going to release the songs that you most dislike on all of our albums. Um, but anyway, the whole point of me saying all that is because I'm really surprised because I really like this. This is really good. It sounds um, like old Slipknot. Yeah, it sounds like somebody playing four Slipknot songs at once. I think. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's got the same chorus as All Hope Is Gone. It's got the same um, drums as um, uh, Pulse of the Maggot. It's got that little sort of mm, dun, dun, but the military drum bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love got, the military drum bit. It's got um, that same. Guitar riff on they have on um, um, every song they've ever written, and um, yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty good. I it do sounds like, it. like Slipknot. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is I, I guess the, the days of having putting a Slipknot like I I'd be perfectly honest with you, I <laughs> it's been two thousand four since the Slipknot album came out that I really actually would listen to in full. Yeah, I'm, like I'm the last two. Are, 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 uh, pretty crap. I, I am more forgiving than you. I do. I do like five. If I'm honest, the grey chapter. Yeah, what I, you I, saying the other week when the download thing. Yeah, I think it's decent. Uh, yes, I did say. Yeah, I said this last week, didn't I? Um, all hope is gone has its moments, but yeah. I think all hope is gone is utter shite. To be honest, I think that's harsh. I think that's. I don't. Um, Gehenna is it? I don't know. Uh, that song, which is like. Pity, pity. Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> not good it's not a good album and i think point five has, has got some good songs on it i think yeah. the first song on it is really good i tend to yes. like their more ballady stuff now but i know people go like, i don't want them to sound like stone sour but i feel like they'd got to a point like it felt like they'd almost got to a point where they were better at being like stone sour than they were at being like slip well those ba- the 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 quote-unquote ballads on volume three are fucking brilliant oh, some yeah, of the amazing. best stuff they've ever i mean that the first song on volume three yeah i actually think and this is this is what i think about slipknot in terms of you know wait and bleed my favorite duality my favorite no fuck those i think one of my favorite slipknot songs is the first song on volume three yeah which this does, is this. uh no i mean the like the intro song like um now it's over oh the yeah really singing what the one. fuck's that called that is What's that called? Is it Prelude 3.0? Oh, Prelude, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 3.0, right. yeah. Uh, Prelude 3.0, yeah. Yeah, that's like, it, yeah, yeah, I sorry. think that song is fucking brilliant. It's probably the least Slipknot song in their entire catalogue. Yeah, it's a fucking, that is a fucking great song. fucking amazing, that that's song. That's an awesome song. Yeah. Really, really awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Slipknot, so I think people are going to like the yeah. fact that it sounds like, kind of, it sounds like Slipknot. I think it's a good move for them because I think a yeah. lot more people are in your camp than they are mine with mm. Slipknot's later stuff. Yeah. I think people, you know, yeah, and, and even I'll admit, I mean, neither Five or anyone who thinks Five or All Hope Is Gone are better than the first three are clearly wrong wrong <laughs> just something yeah. gone in the head kind of thing yeah. um but um what is your favorite slip i have um i think it might be volume three i think it might be i think mine might be volume three i think it's, the first one's amazing as well like yeah the first one's amazing but i think the first one does tail off yes ex- that's like that's me. exactly I why the, i'd the go first with volume one, three yeah the first one starts so unbelievably uh, like a yeah. wrecking ball but it can't keep that pace yeah. up for the entire thing and that's fine yeah. because it is still good by the end yeah yeah yeah. i think iowa is really good 
Yes, I, I agree. Was great. There are a couple of meh tracks on it though. Yeah, I think I was great. It's a bit long. I was, yeah, I mean, it's there's not a lot of let up on Iowa no. at any point, which is cool. You know, like they were going for a, a very extreme, and it's sort of almost thing. seventy minutes long, and as far as I recall. It's very long. It's really long. Um, whereas I think Volume Three, they there's a they're better songwriters by that point. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's their. I, I, I did much worse songwriters than the next album. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I just the dynamics in Volume Three and the fact that it's you know, such a wanky way to put it, but it is a journey of a record. Whereas Iowa doesn't feel like a journey; it just feels like being beaten up <laughs> for seventy minutes in a nice way. Um, but you know, like I just think the volume... journey is being dragged around in the circle on some broken glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Um, but Volume Three is just goes to so many different places in such a brilliant way um yeah it's fantastic yeah i think it, i think it probably is but anyway all out life is it's is pretty good, song. good it's it's, it's good my favorite single from slipknot for fucking a long time yeah i can't remember um yeah it's great it's really good yeah it's good uh also i've got a new um while she sleeps we've got a new song out yeah it's called antisocial it's going to be from their new album, So What? The Metallica cover. Uh, uh, that's coming out in March. Anti-Nowhere League cover, technically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, you're quite right. I got that badly wrong. It's, not, it's not named after that, is no, it? Of course, Tell me fucking, so fuck of course it's not. Um, so, um, yeah, that's coming out in March. They've also announced a tour as well. They're going to be playing the Roundhouse. Didn't really tour. Fuck. Didn't really feel like they toured You Are We at all. They did that support stop with Architects. They did a couple of little shows and they've jumped from, I think they jumped from two nights at the Dome to the Underworld. In like uh, to one, the, the Roundhouse. Yeah, sorry, to the Roundhouse, the Underworld. Um, yeah, to the Roundhouse in one step. So for out of town, fucking, is, that is, uh, so what's the Dome, a thousand? The Dome's, yeah, about 800. Yeah, so that's about 1600 to about 3000, 3500. Yeah. Yep. Can they do the Roundhouse? Well, they're going to. I was there let last me re- night. Let me rephrase pictures. that. Can they can they sell out the roundhouse? Well, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I'm mm, okay. We'll see. It depends we'll see. on the promotion of this yeah, record. Of course, of course, it does. I think. Um, I mean, for me, I really like you. Are we? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is feels like quite a nice piece of continuity from it. Um, it's still quite melodic. It's got a nice bit of salsa drumming in the midsection. <laughs> <laughs> which I quite liked okay. in there too. And um, obviously there's the electronics, which are yeah. becoming more and more prevalent in that scene at the moment. Sort of heading down that Bring Me The Rise and Sempaternal route. Yes, I did hear some of that. Um, which a lot of people are doing at the moment. Yep. And not everyone, well, hardly anyone is doing it as well as While She Sleeps, I think. I I really like it. Okay. I think it's really good. It's all right. it's all this is all in the same bracket of stuff that i just goes over my head i'm just like eh. it all i i think it's fine i think it sounds like what a million other bands are doing right now and that doesn't excite me at all they're, um, be- they're better at it than um i think they are one of the better ones at it absolutely but what they are doing is not what I'm interested in. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I, I'm not going to gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, they're shit. Because I don't think they're shit, actually. I saw them, God, I saw them at the Peel in Kingston. Right. Fucking, God, on, on the first record. Right. Uh, what was the first record? North Stands for Nothing. That's it. Hmm. 
which is, which is a, you know, a, dec- a decent record. It's one of the few modern metalcore records that I've got, which I do occasionally listen to. And um, Not This Is The Six or Brain. No, uh, sorry, I mean This Is The Six, sorry. Okay, I don't right. mean The North South for nothing, because that was like an EP, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, This Is The Six. And I saw, you know, at Excuse the Peel, me. the Peel is like three, well, it was 300 cap venue, something like that. Something I mean, that, yeah. they were fucking amazing. Uh, like, they're you know, fucking great live. They're great live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. so good. I'm curious about Roundhouse. We'll have to see. How, I'm I mean, looking forward to it. I, to give this some context, mm. th- for me, I prefer this to the Slipknot song. Wow. I definitely don't. But um, definitely they, do. <laughs> they've changed. I, I've not paid loads of attention to While She Sleeps since probably this is a, this is a six because it just is not what i'm interested in uh and it sounded pretty different from what they were doing back then so that's yeah cool it's more melodic than i thought it was going to be it's still fucking heavy though like when you think about those i'm bands, not saying it's not about, heavy no 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 i'm just saying like when mm. you think of when you consider what they could be doing mm-hmm. and what a lot of their peers have done mm-hmm. Can you give um, a couple of examples? Well, Crossfaith. Mm-hmm. Um, we always thought we always, you know, I don't want to make them the whipping boys, but the Amity Affliction. Um, I mean, they are everybody's whipping boys. Yeah, at the well, I mean, there's a hundred million <laughs> of those fucking bands who who just tread water or mm. like are now jumping on different, you know, bless the fall, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like and while she sleeps, ostensibly exists within that scene, mm-hmm. but they are far far better. Like, I mean, I like. I don't. I do have a massive aversion to "quote unquote" metalcore, mm-hmm. modern metalcore. Mm-hmm. There are a few bands who do it very, very well, and if they do it, um, and if you get that right, it, they can be good. Like, I like Berry Tomorrow, for example. Mm-hmm. I actually think Berry Tomorrow are really fucking good. Okay, um, and they really do kind of quite rigidly stick to the blueprint of that type of music. Yeah, like, but they write really, really good songs. So mm-hmm. I don't have a, and, and then, and, and again, they're actually heavy as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, so I, actually, I, 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 you know, this, but this isn't stuff that I'm, no, no, I'm not saying, saying against it. I, 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 I'm saying, no, I'm not trying to convince you or anything. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just explaining like, I, I, I totally agree that they are one of the best bands in that genre, but they are one of the best bands in a genre that I'm not interested in. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So, you know, like I, I, the fact that I even bought some While She Sleeps records is a good indicator of how good they are because yeah. I am really not interested in metalcore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I think like, you know, Bury Tomorrow, Parkway, while she sleeps, there's not many others that I would give two shits about, to be honest. I will go this. I will say I prefer while she sleeps to both Buried Tomorrow and Parkway. Definitely. I personally. don't prefer them to Parkway, but I, I yeah. Yeah. I yeah. They're very, I think they're fun. Good. So anyway, it's going to be out though. We'll, we'll, we'll review So What and remember you can shrug uh, yeah. <laughs> that as well. I mean, look, I will, I, obviously I'll give it, you know. If, if you I, don't have to explain yourself if i if i sat here and been like oh it's fucking awful then i would you know yeah. then i would deserve being taken apart but i'm just but i'm it's just not for me it's just no. not my thing i think it's fine it's fine. fine last thing bloodstock have announced four bands we again i would probably have not bothered with this because you know, it's good to you don't want to keep going on about festivals all the bloody time but four bands announced for bloodstock have you seen this no ha <laughs> 
Elevite, fine. Yeah, okay. Um, who are the sort of folk metal? They're one of them fucking fiddly right. diddly. Yeah. World I, of Warcraft bands. Like, you know, don't care. Like, But they like that over there. So mm-hmm. obviously they need to put those bands. Rotting Christ. Yeah. Headline in the Sophie stage on the Thursday. Rotting Christ are fucking yeah. wicked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're th- fucking wicked. They released a record a couple... It was either a year ago or two years ago. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Called, called um, Is it Anthemath. The Anthropurpose An- like yeah, 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 it's yeah. brilliant. And they're... <laughs> yeah. Like, I got into them through... Our, uh, do you know Tom? Tom Dare? Yeah, I know about Tom Dare. Okay, right. So, yeah, my Tom is obviously uh, one of Extreme Metal's biggest flag wavers mm-hmm. uh, in this country, and he sort of turned me on to Rotten Christ, and they're fucking brilliant. Skeleton Witch, whose album mm-hmm. we haven't spoken about, okay. but who have released a great record oh, yeah. this year. Okay. Yeah. So, Skeleton Witch, who are the thrash metal kind of revivalist turn, almost black and de death metal thing. So, Again, really, really good booking. The fourth band they've announced is Code Orange. Have they? Yeah. That's fucking great. Code Orange on the main stage logo, which makes me think they're going to be up pretty fucking high on the bill. Logo on the poster. That has got the potential to be one of the all-time great Bloodstock sets. How do you think Code Orange will go down, Bloodstock? I think they will fucking smash it. I think they will fucking smash the shit out of it because they are just... I think They're they, the best band in the world. I think they will, at the but moment. I... If you know of... If you like metal and if you like... If, if you know of Code Orange... You have an opinion on them, you know, yeah, and it's probably going to be a pretty strong opinion one way or the People other. People said this shit about fucking um, Hatebreed and they said it True. about many, many bands. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That have played Bloodstock. I don't buy it. They said it about Skindred. Skindred looked like they yeah. had a fucking headline in the bloody thing. Yeah. At no point did I ever think, oh, I'm a bit worried about Skindred. Like, no, you're fucking mad. Yeah. Worried about Code Orange. I'm worried about... I don't, like, no, I'm not worried about them. I think they... No. But I'm, but I'm just wondering is, how they'll go down. They're going to go down really well. Yeah? Okay. I've No doubt. You know the Bloodstock crowd better than I do. I've only been once, so... I've never seen a band get a, a kind of negative reaction from the Bloodstock like a negative reaction yeah, to the point where it's like you shouldn't be here fucking mm. Mr Big played this year mm, yeah 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 like yeah. do you know what I mean they're not they're not they're not they're a great crowd it's a, they're they, a great no, group no of they are they are Um, it's a really lovely like it's the like polar opposite of what we were talking about with Turnstile actually it's a really lovely almost family vibe I always describe it as a family heavy metal fate basically yeah. like it's a really I mean, nice even atmosphere even King 810 who pulled yeah. a pretty small crowd yeah. who I think are kind of comparably similar. Although I think, you know, even though I think there's, there's actually quite a lot to admire about King 810, which I think has got lost in the, the sort of media scrum of, yes. of their career. Which I is, will say, I think they're about 10 times worse than Code Orange, but yes, that's fine. I, but I was going to say, I mean, Code Orange have released the, the best album of fucking God knows how long. And yeah. they are a band who are just unstoppable live. Mm. They, they, you know, we haven't really spoken about Code Orange on this podcast because they've not really been around. It's not since been loads to talk been, about. No, yeah. uh, we just missed the the EP that they did yeah. before we started, yeah. and we just missed the sort of triv- them being on the Trivium tour. And yeah, obviously they've kind of gone away to do 
whatever it is that they're doing, I think they're still touring. Hopefully, um, a fourth record. Well, I wouldn't Fingers be surprised. Crossed. I yeah. mean, that you know, I think. Well, Forever came out the beginning of last year, didn't yeah. it? So it'd be nice if there was a new record March, say, would be quite nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. So, yeah. You know, but yeah, I think Code Orange... I don't know, any, I should say, I don't know anything about a new record and that is not a hint that it's coming out in March. I'm just literally guessing. Well, I've just made myself sound more guilty, haven't I? Yeah. What a twat. No, I, I mean, I don't either. I have no idea. I it will occasionally have a convo with Jamie Morgan. Yeah. Uh, who is a fucking he's not going to want us saying this but he's a fucking lovely man Jamie he's brilliant he's such a great guy he's, he's fucking, really good fun to chat to he's yeah. fucking brilliant he's an yeah. abs- he's one of the best people yeah in music <laughs> he's, like, he really he's, is yeah. he's fucking awesome he puts uh, his opinion across <laughs> yeah and, uh, he he's an awesome he's great he's yeah. an awesome interviewee yes he's he an awesome drummer and he's an, an awesome like presence in the scene he's actually just a really really fucking awesome like i don't want to be like oh look at my rock star friend but like you know i'm not like me and him aren't fucking bezzy mates no, or whatever no, no, no. but like he every time i speak to him he is fu- he's fucking brilliant and yeah, he's got a level of enthusiasm and creativity and stuff which is just great and the last sort of time that i spoke to him he was like it'll whatever you think will be here much sooner than later so oh, cool. I, I don't know like i don't know but i would be surprised if we have to wait a very that very long, long time yeah. much longer yeah. before code orange come back yeah like big yeah uh, especially now they've been added to this, like it just makes sense, doesn't it? But that is that to me. I mean, I I am so excited. That's great. I'm thrilled. It's, um, yeah. One of the most exciting. Obviously, it's nothing's going to be the most exciting. Fest- There's only one thing that's going to be the most exciting festival announcement, and that's already happened. Because <laughs> uh, we can't wait for White Snake download. Uh, all right, cool. Um, like I said. Trade off next week. You're going to get tension by Diantwort, yeah, yeah, which you've already listened to, presumably. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to get what is it? Uh, cold walls slash cold something or other by Hindsights. Hindsights. That's it. All right, I'll I'll listen to that this week. Mm. But we'll do. Sorry, everyone, if you're looking for if you've been playing along at home, mate. I've listened to Tension fifty times. You fucking liar. Five times. You've listened to it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's review some music. Uh, new records out from Sick of It All. Wake the Sleeping Dragon, it's like called. Yeah, it's the 12th album from the New York Hardcore Legends, a band yeah. that actually made it onto one of the five coveted spots in the world of hardcore. They did, didn't In our they? Venn diagram episode. Yes. We did an episode zero, much to my delight, um, as it was basically I, entirely my idea. It, it looks like you were going to beat me up if they didn't make it on, so well, I Well, they needed out. to be in there. They absolutely needed to be in there. For uh, my money, they are the consummate hardcore band. I think they sum up a particular brand of hardcore. Yep. Yes. So I, I don't have any qualms with them being in there. I think that's fine. I think Good. they are. Good. They do a thing. They fucking really do. do they a do thing. really do a thing. They really do do a thing. Now, when people say bands have never sounded better or they're as good as they've ever been, they should probably go to a Sick of It All show and go, <laughs> do they sound as good as Sick of It All just have fucking 30 odd years into their career? So we're going to come from this from different points of view. I admitted to you in that Venn diagram episode that the only album i'd listened to in full by sick of it all before this record uh-huh. was live in a dive 
Great. What a great record. So yeah, of course. Brilliant. It's the it's the <laughs> it's the one, basically, isn't it? Like more or less, even though it's a live record. Well the thing is it's it's the one for me personally, right. it is I don't know that many other people would say that because oh, okay. um I don't think I think it's it's very it's rare. It came out on like I can't wonder it came out on a little tiny label and they they did a whole bunch of them. Um but yeah, but anyway, it's not that readily available. Not that because it's a live album, not that many people sort of bother with it. Mm. Um Scratch the Surface is considered the classic. Okay. Or, you know, if you speak to people from way, way, way back, you might get someone saying um, no blood, no sweat, no tears, mm. or mm. just look around is, is the classic. Um, that's a really posery thing to say, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but yeah, for me, they are a band who excel in the live environment. They are yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of times better yeah. live than they are on record. I can imagine that listening yeah. to this record very much so. And as someone who has, you know, this is the only full studio record i've heard I've, i know who's sick of it all i've heard, heard songs here and there over the years but i've never sat down and listened to a whole sick of it all record uh, one thing i will say i was shocked at is um how old is sick of it all i so they started in 1986 Six. so i'm guessing they're approaching 50 right i think they're probably in their 50s yeah probably yeah the thing that really bowled me over with this record is they do not sound like they're in the fifties. Well, exactly. Fair play. <laughs> like I was I, immediately when putting it on a song, two songs in, which by the way is about thirty seconds. Um, I was just like, "Fuck!" Fair, fair play. This does not sound like a band on their twelfth record. It does not sound like a band of four musicians. It is four, isn't it? Four, yeah. Who I assume a yeah. lineup that has not changed since, since ninety two. Yeah, that I like. You know, there was a lot immediately. There was a lot of kind of like, well, fair fucking play. Yeah, like I, I, I was really impressed by that because it sounds. You could put this on and assume that the people writing and performing this music were in their late twenties. Yeah, think. you really could. I mean, that's what I mean about the fact that time does not seem to dull them at all. Like age does not seem to affect them. And they're a band who, they're a New York hardcore band. Mm. I mean, basically they've always said, they've not taken very many massive sort of stylistic leaps outside of their comfort zone. I was going to ask you how, um, how similar is, I mean, I'm, I'm asking the question and I'm not saying it in a disparaging way. Are they the ACDC of NYHC? hardcore no i don't think they are okay uh, and the reason i say that is because the kind of i know people like like they're incredibly reliable and their their uh-huh. albums are basically kind of uh counterpieces to go with the live show that's what they've always said right you know, right, like, right you listen right. to this so you learn the song so you can come and see us live and you can sing along and, and they'll be much better yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh yeah. and and that's fine but they had a run where you know those records were absolutely fucking like inc- brilliant 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 records and particularly the fly in the ointment for anyone who says i was sick of it all just do like one thing is yours truly which came on the run of i'd say when they signed to well, East- you huh you me truly yeah yours truly uh, yes i am a sick of it all <laughs> album yeah uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, the album off. called yours <laughs> right, truly yeah. um it's, you're just bigging yourself up. yeah well <laughs> and um <laughs> 
yeah, so that run of Scratch a Surface, Built to Last, Call to Arms, Yours Truly, that four album run is fucking unbelievable. And Yours Truly has got so many weird, like, kind of uh, stylistic changes that were, at the time, it was like, you know, they'd done six albums, basically, of fairly bog-standard New York hardcore material. And even in the, even within the kind of framework of New York hardcore, they have big, bouncy ones. They have kind of the oi ones. Like, you think of something like Step Down, obviously, is like their big song. And that's just a kind of oi, oi, oi. And there's plenty of that on this one. Like, what's the, the Boston... Um, the anthem for the what the fuck what's the fucking song called hold on Bull, sorry Bull's about that anthem. Bull's anthem mm. yeah like that's a proper like that could be the Dropkick yeah. Murphys yeah yeah do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean like it's a full black it's a drink that's a party drinking you song. know I have to admit that's 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 something I was going to say that surprised me about sick of it all I just the the, the political edge uh, I was expecting um, I wasn't expecting as much humour as I got on this record and I was going to ask you if that's um, throughout their discography or if this yeah, is Yeah, they're hilarious. Thing. Right, okay, yeah, they're yeah. They're really yeah. like, you know, they're really, they're, that's the thing about like this, I mean, actually, um, get the next issue of Metal Hammer magazine. I did a, a, I actually did a feature with Lou from Sick of It All. I think it's the first time Sick of It All been a hammer for a very, very long time and mm. it was, I was so excited to do it because I was like, yes, fucking getting to talk about sick of it all in in metal hammer i won't kind of spunk it or anything but do go and get the next copy of metal hammer to read that because i'm dead happy with it so and i'm dead I, happy that it, it got to get in there so I've, yeah i've probably written something in it and renfrey's written something in there <laughs> probably can, yeah so, I, can't, you know, I can't keep track anymore but no. i probably have and um yeah, so dead chuff to get that in there. And, and, you know, we spoke about the Step Down video, which is fucking hilarious. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so funny and so, like, knowing and, yeah. like, such a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And on stage, you know, like, Lou is hilarious. He's but fucking funny. What I'm asking is their humour in their songs, because I think there's there's more humour in these songs, not all of them by mm. any stretch, but more... Um, <sighs> again don't take this the wrong way but there was it was almost like an offspring kind of feel not musically uh but in terms of oh there's some funny ones and there's some serious ones yeah i mean and they're I think, scattered throughout you know, they've got songs called like disco sucks fuck everything which is obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah, meant yeah. to be yeah, yeah, yeah. taken completely yeah. at face value and um and yeah they're they're, a, they're an unbelievably positive band like i said for a mm. band who play mm. really hard really heavy music everything about sick of it all is about a euphoric um brotherly mm. inspiring like fun time mm. like even when you say like they get into the political stuff like you know they have got a lot of throughout their career they've had a lot of you know i see the blacks they hate the jews race against religion and all that kind of <laughs> stuff like you know um and they do occasionally, you know, like Robert Mo. There's a song here called Robert Moses with the Racist. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah. and it's funny, and that's actually quite funny. Well, that's, as well. that is quite funny, yeah, yeah. Um, but and that's crazy when you're the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they they have always done. Um, they have always done like those kind of weird little bits okay. and bobs on, okay. on their record. And I just wasn't sure if that was an anomaly or not, I, I, because I, I just don't know. I'm just asking. No, but, but um, I have to what? say I prefer them when they're being more political, I think. But I think that just might be my taste. That's how yeah. I feel about most bands like that. But a song like, there's a track on here that my favourite on here actually is Always With Us, which is like, I don't actually know who it's about, but it's clearly about somebody who's died and they're just saying that like, wherever we go, you are there with us. And like, it's about, it's obviously indebted to to this person whoever this person is i actually i actually don't know but it's just makes you 
fucking want to. It's fist clenching. They've got to me. They've got like it's funny you said offspring because to me they've got the same thing that Rancid have got. Oh yeah, yeah. Rancid's a good example. And yeah. um and they're very very different types of bands and they come yeah. from completely different scenes in a lot of ways. But there are similarities in the way that this just feels like you know football terrace chant definitely fun definitely and yeah. do you know what i mean like it's, brotherly it's... like proper working like proper blue collar working class straight down the nose mm. no fucking metaphor yeah fun do you know and what i mean like it's 17 like, songs like, in 33 minutes as yeah well, uh, camaraderie you know? and yeah. friendship and and all that stuff and i just fucking like as uh, they're such an inspiring band yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They're such a they're such a great, but like you know, they, and there are a lot of New York hardcore bands that are like that. Like you know, Agnostic Front have got that. They, yeah. You know, Agnostic Front have definitely got that. Cro-Mags at points have got mm-hmm. that as well. But then you know, there's a lot of like Judge don't have that at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, but for me, sick of it all, I've been doing that and doing it again. This is just another record. Like there are varying degrees on how good a sick of it all record are. Like if you go in that kind of like say that run of four fucking amazing mm-hmm. and there's some like death to tyrants from a few years ago which i think is like can hold a candle to it and then there's a couple that maybe don't so much don't have so many uh there was one that came out actually came out just after your truly which i think is probably the worst one they've done where but does this fit in then i like i would say right around the middle okay but nothing they've done is bad really mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like there's there's nothing of theirs that I'm like, oh, that is fucking shit. Mm, like, mm. they're all good. Enough for 12 records, you can't... Yeah. You know. And you know what you're going to... It is that, like you said, that ACDC thing. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah, this yeah. point, especially. Yeah. You know yeah. what you're going to get. But what you're going to get is obviously going to be fucking great. And it is, it is of a certain quality as well. Like, you know, <laughs> I know, I know it's only 33 minutes and having 17 different songs like obviously helps that it's constantly changing i mean there's barely any songs that are over two minutes on this record but like it, you know it doesn't in any way shape or form get dull or boring or anything like that i think actually the best songs are towards the end in my opinion so this record there's a, a song called the new slavery which is fucking brilliant it's like one of the last tracks maybe even the last track um and i really like uh, bad hombres uh, which yeah, is their great. Mexican like wall thing. It's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah I, re- I really like it. it. It is almost exactly what I expected. The, 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 the surprises are the things that I've already talked about, like the humour and stuff like that. But and, and the fact that they really do sound like a band who are about half their age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I don't know what else to add. It's a it's a good record. I mean, you know more about this band than I do. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of for me. It's kind of ditto for. Actually, no, that's not a great comparison. I was going to say it's kind of ditto for what we said about therapy, which is that mm. basically, if you haven't heard therapy and you go and get the new album Cleave and you've never heard them before, you'll go, "Wow, what a good band." At, because the album's really good, mm. but it isn't their best album. I mean, obviously, Therapy have done uh, th- lots and lots of different things. I was going to say, well, over Therapy, the yeah, have changed their sounds like in many, 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 times. many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's not it's not a great comparison, kind of in terms of what they do sonically. But I think in terms of going, do I get this record mm. or do I go and listen to this record first? Mm. Um, I, I would go, yeah, whack okay. it on, whack yeah, it yeah. on. I mean, because if you listen to this I th- and you like it, mm. then fuck me when you get when you get built to last on, you're going to fucking 
lose your shit. Okay. Because that is, you know, that run of, like I say, that run of four is just so great. And if you get live in a dive, I mean, my God, like just fucking nail everything in your house down because <laughs> you will want to just drop kick the moon. It is <laughs> so fucking great. But anyway, there you go. Um, what are you going to do, Renfrew? Are you going to check out the old rest of the Sigfall back catalogue or has this not done enough to tempt you? Yeah, I might. <laughs> well, I might have to give you one now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, it, I, it doesn't make me want to check out another 11 records which sound like this, but it does make me want Pussy. to check out... <laughs> but it does... I don't feel like I need... 12 records that sound like this in my life but you if need this, eight <laughs> but if you're saying this is the middle and so by that accounts let's say there's there's five that you feel are better than this yeah i'd like to hear the top three. i think there are well four five six seven i think this is i think this is eighth Ooh. have i just worked it out i think this is eighth oh that's sort of Middle, eight, eight middle out of bottom, twelve, middle bottom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how much of this NYHC straight ahead hardcore punk I need in my life. But I would, it, yeah, if this is if if this is their eighth best record, then yes, I want to hear what number one, two, and three are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll go and do that. Uh, and you go and fucking do that as well, you idiot. Think of it all. Wake the sleeping dragon. Go and listen to them. They're playing in London. Uh, they're playing the. In, Where are they playing? They're playing the forum. They're doing that all Fuck. night Sunday. What's it called? Not the not the Empiricon. The Perseverance. The oh yeah. And they're headlining it. And nice. finally, they're fucking headlining it. Oh my god, that is going to be so good. Oh, that's cool. I'd expect them to do Underworld or something like that, but because well, it's like an all-day thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah I'm cool. going to cut my own spine off and throw it in the bin. I'm more... When you say, are you going to see more of their records, I'm, I want to go and see them live yep. knowing some songs now. Like, I've because oh, I've only mate. ever seen them, like, at festivals They're or whatever. They're so good live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, no, I've never seen them in the environment that I should see them in, i.e., you know, a place that isn't a tent at a massive shitty festival. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, there you go. Sick of it all. Just so, so, so fucking great. And it's good that I got to listen to that because the next two records are, they're fucking difficult, hard work. This is more your sort of thing. Isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Tosca. Fire by the Silos, mm. the album is called. It is the second album from the Brighton based. Mm. Technically their debut album. Is it? Yeah. Oh, to the author's an EP. I thought it was like, that's like nine tracks or something, isn't it? Eight, nine uh, tracks. Six, I think. I mean, it's about, Oh, to the Author's about 30, 35 minutes, but it's an EP. Sounds like an album to me. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's um, definitely their debut album. <laughs> it says it in the press notes. Okay, fine. All right, I mean, first... Ben edits this podcast, who is the drummer of Tosca, so um, he can... Ben, how dare you get, you don't get to decide what <laughs> what is and isn't your album. <laughs> I will decide that for you, young man. Um, right, so now you've edited that out. Tosca, Five by the Silence, is a debut album from the Brighton based instrumental three piece. Um, and I, I have to say, much to my kind of embarrassment, I didn't really know musically anything about Tosca until this record dropped into my inbox. Uh, Oh, Ben is not going to be happy to hear that. I didn't. Well, I 
I had I that's not churchly. After we had a little chat myself and, and Ben when we started doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I did listen to a couple of songs in bed one night. Oh um, painting out a picture there. I'm allowed to go to bed and listen to music. <laughs> Just saying you're painting a picture. Yeah, me in bed. Yeah. That's fine. It's a lovely picture. Yeah. It's a Ren- uh, Renault or something. My pajamas, my gym jams oh. with a Horlicks. Oh. Lovely hot cup of Horlicks. Yeah, all right. With a nice book. All right, all right. You're making me horny. Um, oh, fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I knew only what we'd kind of conversed about with Tosca. So I went into this record with not really any sort of expectation, to be perfectly honest. I don't mm. know. I thought they seemed like nice people. They're lovely people. Very nice lovely, people. Lovely, lovely people. Um, so, Renfrew, I'm going to defer to you for a second. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with the band, other than the fact that they're <laughs> nice people? Um, is really relevant to this I review. first was made aware of Tosca through... Terrible Brighton band called Black Peaks. Um, who they're not terrible, they're wonderful, and we spunk off about them all the time. Um, they su- Tosca, I think su- people got the sarcasm then. Tosca supported <laughs> Black Peaks at the borderline, I think, in London. And uh, Black Peaks always choose great, great support acts. Um, yeah, I do. Because a uh, little peek behind the curtain, um, Joe from Black Peaks has quite a big voice in trying to get support acts on that they like. That's something that they like to do. A lot of bands don't bother. You usually just find that it'll be other bands that are on the same label yep. or other bands that are part of the same Bions. PR company or Bions or whatever. But with Black Peaks, they really like to put on like a full, they like the whole night to be really good and tour with good people and all that kind of thing. Makes sense, doesn't it? So yeah, absolutely. And Black Peaks support's always worth checking out. Like I've gotten so many bands over the years just by checking out the support for Black Peaks. And um, yeah, Tosco were one of them. I remember seeing them live at the Borderline and basically leaving their set about five or six minutes in to buy their ep which was owed to the author at the time because i was Uh just like i just need to make have this in my hand i like to just their debut album yeah (laughs) Yeah. yes um i never read the press notes by the way (laughs) heads up like there's no point (laughs) so i swear i get all my opinions from the press notes this album is good um and um yeah they're a progressive very cinematic instrumental um three-piece and a lot of these instrumental bands they're very quite they're often quite difficult to tell apart i'm saying this as someone who loves this kind of music but even i will admit that um but i think tosca really have their own kind of thing going on um they actually and this is from the press notes um fucking don't be reading press notes no i'm just telling you some of their influences according to the press notes and then i'm going to add a few bands that i think they're influenced by as well okay right so they said carnival which we all know about because they fucking love carnival sixth hans zimmer yeah Mm. uh thomas newman and holst as in the guy who did the planets. planets. Yeah. And all of that is accurate, I would say. I would also throw in uh, Pink Floyd, Periphery, The Ocean, and a little bit of Tool, who are a band who yeah. I believe you quite like. Yeah. Um, I quite like them too. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about really progressive, long, drawn-out, interesting instrumental music 
played. I think sometimes that can really turn people off because they think it's really clinical and uh-huh. really kind of uh-huh. dull. And oh, yeah. uh, it just it just feels like masturbatory, basically. Yes, it does. And I think I've seen a couple of reviews which have said this off that record, uh, said that of this record, and I disagree with them. Personally. Can I butt in? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like people do say that and I agree with them for the most for for many many parts. Uh-huh. I think that when you are an instrumental band the hardest thing to have and to convey is a an actual emotional resonance. Yes. Without a human voice. Um I don't know do I agree with that? Yeah, okay. All right. I'm going no, with no, you. No, no, I'm no, going no, with no, you. No, for you. Without a human voice it is yeah. definitely harder yeah to convey actual physical um like actual tangible emotions for a listener yeah okay i think that's there's no there's that's not a controversial thing to say i'm nodding yeah yeah some bands can do that mm-hmm. i would point to for example as an example of, top of my head the solo at the end of canary yellow by deaf heaven mm-hmm. uh does yeah. that yeah right yeah. i've Listen to a lot of instrumental music, um, sort of this post-rock, tech metal, whatever you want to call it, like a lot of those bands. I always find myself going, this is impressive. Yeah, it's quite good. I don't actually feel anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't actually feel connected to it in anything other than a very clinical way. A band like... Um, well, Animals as Leaders is a good example of it, right? I like Animals as I, Leaders. I was going to say, I think Animals as Leaders are one of the better examples, yeah, I if think, I'm honest. I think they but, are. But I know what you mean. You I know, look you know? at Animals as Leaders and I go, wow, that's cool. And, yeah. Oh, that's good. And da, 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 da. But I never really kind of feel myself being fully immersed or yeah. drawn into it completely. Now, there are some bands, like Pelican, we watched Pelican. At, I didn't watch it with you, but I remember watching Pelican at Arc Tangent and going, yep. this is head nodding and groovy and fun and great and everything. But... I don't really I'm not captivated yeah. and swept along with it Pelican are decent but there are far better versions yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. They're and, better. and even when we we did the um, and so you watch just from afar and so I watch from afar um, I was like yeah you know like this is cool and some of it's really cool. Uh, yeah, I I think they are definitely one of the better. I I think they're less techy, and so I watch you from afar. Yeah, they which are, is why yeah. I wouldn't put them in that bracket. And no, it's no. not it's not them like showing off, and it's a lot more joyous and a lot more kind of yeah. So you know, uh, so I have to say, knowing what I knew, especially listening to it like fully this sort of this week, where I was really really bowled over, I and. I did think like, fucking hell, I'm going to struggle with this, I reckon, a little bit because I'm just not in the mood for... I, I want something. Sick of it all's great. You can just... Yeah. You feel it in your stomach. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? You get a kind of... Um, you get a, a, a kind of a reptilian response. You know, it sort of speaks to that... Your gut rubbing mm. your head. Mm. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of this music, it speaks to your head before it speaks to your soul. I think that's... If you like. Until you said soul, I think that was a very good thing to, way to okay, put it. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, it speaks to your subconscious, your emotional centre. And then this album came along and I was like, fuck me, this really does move me in ways... God, Ben, he paid you ten pounds to say no, that. No, he didn't. That's he, the thing. he hasn't paid us a thing. He, that's the thing is he hasn't. And if it was shit, right, I would, we would say, say it, yeah. this is shit. But 
there's from I mean, it starts really eerily and it draws you in immediately, which yes. is fucking tough to do on these albums. Yeah. But it immediately grabs your attention. Yeah. And not in a showy way and not in a not to begin with. Not in no. a loud way, but nope. it's just very, very subtly, threateningly coercive. It almost starts with a sort of I don't want to put people off, but like a soundscape. Yeah, it does. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it just feels reminds me of uh, Fiat D O A O D from Tall, the last track from Lateralis. Oh right, yeah, okay. Where he's being abducted by aliens, which happens a lot in Tall, and there's that insane Danny Kerry. But it's got yeah, again, like we were talking about Rosetta Stone, Keys for Hoffman last week, and there's a bit, um, the bit for me where it really properly took off is congress into the title oh, track oh yes which is congress is definitely one of the best songs on this record i think i was listening brilliant. to it on the on the train going into work and i could feel myself actually kind of shaking mm. it puts the fear into you mm. Mm. like it's really really brilliant mm. it's like, a beautiful song congress yeah and it's and it but it's so like the way it builds and the sort of the th- the threat that mm. the danger that underpins it all is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then when it goes into the title track, and it just kind of takes you off on all these other to all these other places. That's when I was like, "Fuck me, this is this is they're better than." Like I, I am not an aficionado mm-hmm. of this type of music mm-hmm. in the same way as you are. Mm-hmm. I am not a fucking oracle for it. I know what I like. Man. I am. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> but I tell you what, I know what I like, and I feel like I know the difference between just another band doing a thing in that scene uh-huh. and a band who who genuinely understand that your technical proficiency is not the most impressive and important thing about your music. Yes. And the thing about this record is, is it is very technically great yeah like, do you know what i mean you, you would struggle if you're a musician mm-hmm. unless you're signed up for musicism <laughs> you would struggle to play these songs yeah but that is not the first thing you notice and that is not the kind of um the main thing about this record do you know what it reminds me of which you're gonna go what but then you're gonna go yes you're right what's that jeff buckley I can, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Because in terms of the fluidity, but also in terms of the Jeff Buckley could shred like crazy if he wanted to, um, but he usually didn't. Um, And the songs on Grace and stuff like that, they are really quite technical and quite tough to play and really interesting, weird chord phrasings and syncopation and odd bits and pieces that are going on on it. But the song always comes first. And that's why Tosca remind me of Jeff Buckley. Yeah, um, it takes a, a it takes a a real it takes a lot of restraint and a lot of understanding of you know what makes good music to yeah to do that. I think so. They've been working on this record for a long time. Um, uh, Ode to the Author, which um, is their previous work, EP, yeah. let's say, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, came out four years ago. So I'm not saying they've been working on this record for four years, but it's been in the pipeline for a very long time. Um, I do have some things that I, I, I think there are bits that I wasn't taken with as you are. 
Really? Okay. Yeah, these are all the bits that Ben will edit out. And that was the record by Tosca. So, <laughs> uh, joking. Oh, um, Red so, Free. <laughs> so, such a mad guy. I'm a crazy man. Um, so, this is a concept record. And concept- I think it might be. I mean, again, I couldn't quite. I didn't know who it was, but I. You didn't read the it- press notes, mate. I uh, don't want to read the press notes. <laughs> I like reading press notes. Oh, fuck I, fucking press I write notes. a lot of them, so, you know. Yeah. Got to make the money somehow. Sheer arrogance of <laughs> your own press notes. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, these press notes are the best press notes I've ever written. Oh, they're written by me. Oh, I didn't realise. But, um, yeah, I think that the concept album elements of the record... And to be honest with you, I think it's a taste thing more, of a, more than a, you know, quote-unquote, their bad thing. But... <laughs> They don't really work for me. I So what I'm talking about, there is a couple of songs and one that you mentioned was the title track, Fire by the Silos. Yeah. Basically, which are more soundscapey with a kind of voiceover, uh, active voiceover. Now, sometimes those active voiceover things, I mean, fair play, it's not as bad as it could have been. Like, you know, the, I don't know, the voiceover on the beginning of the Creeper record, which is fucking appalling, or um, the voiceover on anything AFI have done, or whatever. You know, sometimes voiceover stuff on records is fucking atrocious. It's done fairly well, but it goes on for about nine minutes, and it does lose me, personally. I'd much rather... You're an idiot. Fine. (laughs) But I, I, I just... I. You know what? It's the, I'm going to say it, it's the Pink Floydy bits that lose me. It's really? the bits where they go so far into the concept that I don't, I, I think we were just talking about idols, right? And if you want to express, if you want to tell a story to me, mm. do it the way idols do it. If you, if you dress it up in this big progolithic, um, which is a word that I invented. You have, yeah, well done. But is ex- exactly explains what I'm talking about. Your press notes, I've seen Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Renfrey and the Progolithics, that's the band I'm going to form one day. Um, but this massive sort of, yeah, progolithic kind of, sp- I'm going to use that word, um, spate. It's just, it just feels like a massive concept. It's, you know, future dystopia kind of thing. I've heard it a million times before. I love that, by the way. Okay. I think that's fucking great. I think it's lovely to have a theme of the record. I, and not but even, I didn't... Like that particular song, I mean, I think is... Right, okay. That's when I was like, wow, this is going fucking... Whoa. Really? Loses yeah. me. Really? No. I yeah. It, I, I, would per, I would personally prefer... There's, there's only two tracks that I would lose on it, and it's, it is Fire by the Silos, and actually the very last song, uh, which I can't remember the name of it. But... Um, Oh, it's The Herd. It's called The Herd. And it's about... The Herd is 10 minutes long. Again, all soundscapey, And has kind of 1984-esque voiceover type thing, which is quite low in the mix. But I don't know. It just doesn't... I've, I've, see, I've seen really mi- mixed things in terms of other reviews. Some people love it and some people hate it. I wouldn't go as far as say I hate it. I just don't think it works for me. Uh. I think it's just a taste thing, I think. And personally, I... You know, it's it's... It's a 66-minute album. And to give it credit, it doesn't feel 66 minutes. No, I think it's it, it does its shit. And in and, and it, I was 
surprised because I was not in the mood for this sort of thing mm, this mm, week. Mm. And I'm surprised at how much I've been wanting to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and whilst it doesn't feel like 66 minutes, those two songs, which total around 16 minutes, personally, I would have taken off. I just don't think the concept that a lot of instrumental bands try to do a concept. And as someone who loves this music, I think it very rarely works. Right. Maybe. I, I, I honestly think it very rarely works. But then you're talking to someone who doesn't like it when Pink Floyd tried to do it. So, you know, maybe that's yeah, just my... Spoiler for the wall. <laughs> so that's just my taste, maybe. Right, okay. um, but like, you know, I, 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 it just doesn't talk to me the way that Joe from Idols does and actually no. hits me in the gut. Do you think it's trying to, though? No. But... I don't think it is. But it, instead, it's just trying to give a sort of... It just feels like it's trying to give a sort of wishy-washy post-apocalyptic narrative thing. And... This is different, Renfrew. I think this is a different thing, Like, if, if, if I may. Mm. Yeah, of course you may. Idols, like I said before, is, is a blunt instrument. Yeah. Right? Mm. And we said it about Sick of It All as well. Those bands make, you know, like sturdy statements mm. of fact... Mm-hmm. They don't sugarcoat or hide. They don't use metaphor. They don't, do you know what I mean? Like idols want to have something to say. They want to say it and they want to say it as loudly and as, uh, as forcefully as forcefully as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. They want people to, to know exactly what they're talking about. Mm. This album to me, I don't know what the concept is. I didn't read the press notes. And Did you gather it was post-apocalyptic style, 1984 yeah, think, style? Yeah, but I think a lot of th- those records kind of evoke, and a lot of the sort of tech metal, post-metal scene evoke that sort of feeling anyway. Yeah. So, you know, th- I mean, this actually reminded me, the only other album that I've listened to from a sort of instrumental band where I've gone, this is really good and I can't listen to it was that Night Versus that last Night Versus album mm, which mm, is really really good really good really yeah. really good and I think those one of the best rec- instrumental records of the year that Night yeah Versus I think record. both of these records are, are, are comparable and yes I, actually are, yeah mass, I think hugely comparable and yep. I think like that Night Versus album I was surprised again I was surprised at how much I felt sort of swept along by it yeah the sort of conceptual idea it's pushed so far into the into the background. It's not idols. It's the foreground. That is the nucleus of that song. Is the opinion and mm. the thought process and the ideology of what that song is about. Mm. I don't think this record lives and dies solely based on a sort of conceptual ideology. No, I I, I agree with you, and it is more thematic, but. There are two songs which are broadly soundscapey and less kind of, I don't want to say less melodic, but I feel like they're attempting to tell the story. And if, if the story was foreground, then I would say that's fair enough. But if it's going to be background stuff, I'm a bit, I'm just sort of thematic. I'm yeah. a bit like, is, is there really any point in doing, I mean, some people are going to get something out of it. So yes, there are, yeah, there is some I, point, point doing that. And you did I and did, yeah. other people did the reviews that I have seen do seem to be pretty split 50, 50 in terms of people who got into that and who didn't. And I am totally bringing this up as a kind of, I don't think that's my cup of tea thing. I'm not saying it's bad or badly done or anything like that. Uh, I just could have done without it personally. Fair enough. And it would have been uh, really a more concise 50 minute, 
bangathon, in my opinion. Okay. But that is more opinion that's more kind of yeah taste based than yeah it is sure me saying it's crap i think i think this is a when this record hits me i think it's phenomenal the run of um a tall order abomasm and congress is just brilliant like 24 of the best minutes of instrumental music of this year um and the penultimate song prayer Munger, is one yeah, of my great. favorite songs of the year yeah, i think it's, it's fucking, fucking brilliant is, yeah so I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I do really, really like it. I, I don't love everything about it, but I think it's a really strong debut record, which has been worth waiting four years for, as I have, mm. uh, more or less. Um, yeah, I, it's brilliant. And I'm thrilled that you love it as well. Yeah, I really like it. Mm. Really do. So anyway, there you go. The debut album from Tosca, Fire by the Silos, it's called. Yeah. Be interested to see what people think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's their bag. I mean, like I say, it's... If you're the sort of person that would normally go, I don't want to listen to some bloody long-ass instrumental album, there's going to be albums of every genre Mm. that come along now and again that are just worth listening to, I think. And for me, this fits into that. I'm not particularly keen on spending massive amounts of my time listening to uh, sort of post post rock instrumental music like post metal i like yeah like obviously i like a lot of those bands but you know yeah this is this is very good it's definitely very different it's definitely got its own unique flavor and even as someone who loves it i'll admit that not all of them do so yeah okay so right the last album we're doing this week is called atoms aligned coming undone by sylvain which is a um, the third album from the Norwegian solo artiste who I believe she plays. Yeah, she's, uh, performs, she's half French, half Norwegian. Half French, half Norwegian, right, okay. Yeah. And she uh, composes and performs... Everything. As a solo artist, yeah. completely yeah. on her own. On, um, on record, I believe. On record, yeah, yeah obviously. Uh, because once you hear this record... That wouldn't be possible. Yeah, definitely wouldn't to do be that possible, on no. your own. I would you, be fucking impressed. But I mean, I've not seen a picture of her. That, unless she's an octopus, <laughs> that wouldn't be possible. Um, she's not an octopus, is she? I, I don't believe so. Okay, cool. Just always worth checking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, my first question to any prospective friend. <laughs> Just to check, you're not an octopus, are you? Good, brilliant. Okay, we can. And possibly that's how have... you've got so far in music journalism, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, let's actually talk about the record. Yes. I don't know anything, but again, you sent me this through, Renfrey, and the second I got it, I thought it was six tracks long, 42 minutes. The first track was nine and a <gasps> half minutes long, and I went, oh, come on! <laughs> what are you fucking doing? It's a it almost record. made me go, I wish I was reviewing Simple Plan this week. <laughs> Come on. Although, you never thought that. No, not that much. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, so, but then I stuck it on and I thought, fucking hell, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's good, so, it? it's fuck, this is like, this is going to be quite a quick review because I got this quite late and I've not heard it much, but it's post ethereal um, female black metal with a, a sort of folky twist i decided on ambient post black metal yeah and, uh, which some people are calling black gaze i realized after i wrote that um <laughs> but black gaze is uh kind of yeah but i think ambient post black metal is actually a slightly better there are shoegazy elements in it but ambient post it's it's very reminiscent of the latter alcest albums of which uh the lady behind this what's her name Catherine Shepherd 
Uh, she actually did guest vocals on the title track of Kadama. Right, okay. That cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Little factoid for you there. I think I'd heard the name before, but I had never heard the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just think this is a really, really great record of its ilk. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's another, another one of like, we were talking, you know, again, we were talking last week about how great the 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 sort of the input of femininity has been in mm. metal mm-hmm. and this is another record where you just go if this was a load of blokes doing this it it'd be fine it, it would be all right yeah but her voice yeah. soaring above this and then crashing down mm. into these absolutely violent compositions mm. is it's just sound. It still sounds new to me. Yes, I agree. I, mean? still, I agree. It, it's 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 not a new genre. Not really. It's but a good it, ten years old at the very least. 10, yeah, 15, 20 but, years old. But it still sounds so fresh. It sounds so exciting. It sounds so unique. It sounds so original. It sounds just so full of fucking life. And yeah, and I I just think you know this this is going to become like what I say about those entombed like rip off crusty hardcore bands or just go i just like all of it I yeah think, you know i'm kind of similar though to be yes. honest although i was a little i was a little trepidatious about giving this to you because i know i can't remember if we've said it on mic or off mic but you've been not disparaging of murka or anything like that, but i know you've been kind of ho-hum about murka and her stuff murka's the, the only one although having seen him with smashing pumpkins i didn't think that was great mm. but murka's the only one where i'm like it's all right yeah i i, I only refer I'm to murka just because she's but... a big you know, she's yeah, a big it's one. Weird at the that that and... seems to have been the most successful album. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I think it's brilliant for the record. I really. Okay. Love I should that go last back one. and listen to it with really sort of hindsight. I think yeah. because, or with a you know, with a with a kind of a bit of distance from yeah. when I last listened to it. Because I yeah, I never really got that much. Into, like I think it's the when when that goes twee, it goes way twee, and this never yeah. goes too twee. Never goes twee. No, and I should say I have brought up Merca, but at the same time, I don't want to insinuate that this is sort of Merca copyist at all. I think it's far more expansive. Um, it's more kind of I guess post rock in its structures, in that it's often sort of seven eight minute songs. It sits between Merca and Oathbreaker for me. It's that. Yes. I think it, it kind that's of kind slices of that right down the middle and yeah. sits in the, the midpoint of it. Yeah, that's a really good shout, actually. I think. Um, but one thing I would would say, I mean, Oathbreaker is really abrasive when it's when it's abrasive. Yeah. I think uh, one thing I like about Sylvain is she actually uses harsh screams <laughs> vocals very seldomly. Yeah. And as a result, when she like maybe twenty percent of it. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. And as a result, when it when does, it does come, it's oh like, my God, fuck, yeah. you know. You, you just know. go, fuck me, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah well, it, it, it's probably a good 15, 16 minutes before a like, harsh vocal comes There's in. There's a song called, the second song is called Murklad. Yeah, like, however the fuck you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. when that kind of when like, that comes yeah, in, yeah. comes in, you're like, wow, fucking hell. I believe that is the first point on the record where she does it. Yeah. And it is like, fuck me. I didn't know. Up until that point, it's a record which, you know, could could be... And Ruth Rundle. Not quite Emma. Not quite Emma Ruth Rundle, but well, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. Of, it, it, could, it could, you know... It, Emma Ruth Rundle never... Her voice never raises up to yeah. where she gets, where you feel like she's going to scream. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and it's all not one level, but it's like, it's all melodic. Yeah. 
Um, but a lot of this is really melodic and I think her melodies are really great, especially like when they're good. Oh my God. There's a song, there's two songs in particular. There's Abiance, which is the third song. Right. Um, and Severance. And both of them have this really amazing uplifting quality, a kind of, I usually call it like standing on top of a mountain and just screaming into the ether kind of thing. Like just this quality where you just... It just just lifts you up, you know, yeah. in an amazing, amazing way. And um, there's a quite there's a surprising amount of positivity on this album as well. I think I think it's a really uplifting record when it's not being <laughs> abrasive, but for the most part, it's really melodious and really beautiful. She's got a fantastic voice, um, and I love. I I mean, yeah, I I do feel like I feel this way about all of these kind of bands at the moment but i think it's a really exciting you know i don't i don't want to genre it or put it into a box or anything like that but i do think it's really exciting time for women in metal at the moment <laughs> it like is. it's fucking great what's but, happening know, or women making dark music yeah. just the juxtaposition between that kind of melodious beautiful femininity that is so natural to women and very difficult for men to attain um, and threatening harsh malice and yeah yeah it's, it yeah. works so well yeah, and 99 percent of men can't get i think there are a few i think jeff buckley actually yeah, comes, could, could have that femininity thing you know for example but it was enormously rare for men to have it um but obviously a lot more women do have it because it's literally femininity yeah uh so yeah I, I i just think it's a wonderful mix and i'm i'm a sucker for this sort of stuff i just love it i think yeah. it's great um it is very very good it's very good do you know what do you know what i will say though i i so i heard this record because i got sent it to review for metal hammer that's how i found out about it um and i was really really positive about it um but then i went back to her second record which is called wistful and i think that's even better oh really? so yeah yeah so she's like she's doing some amazing amazing stuff i have no idea what the live setup is um assuming she plays live and i hope she does and i really like to see her live um but i'm guessing it's a similar thing to Merca, with it mainly being amelie bruns sort of projects and then she brings in other musicians musicians well i'm i imagine so yeah yeah well there you go anyway that's just a quick i mean i've only had it a little bit so i've not listened that much but I've listened about two, three times and I feel like there's loads more to come from it. But it's really, really good. It's brilliant. It's called Sylvain. Third album, Atoms Aligned, Coming Undone. So there you go. We'll do The Prodigy next week because we didn't get a stream of it. And it wouldn't really fit that well on today's show, I don't think, anyway. um, It would have been a weird one. We're going to end doing a high five, Remfy. High five. Um, Stealing that, aren't I? Stealing that from the old hammer. Are we calling that that? We should, oh, probably, we should probably come up with a different What are they going to do? They're going to come around. Oh, God. Yeah. Send Luke Morton around to beat me up. That ain't going to happen, <laughs> is it? What are you going to do? Oh, what are you going to fucking do about it? Nothing, exactly. No, so no, no, um, they won't do that. Epitaph Records, Renfrey. Founded in 1980, of course, by Brett Gerwitz, the mm. guitarist of the legendary Bad Religion, um, uh, which went on to become Quite the good. birthplace <laughs> uh, and home I shouldn't birthplace the home of so many of these Southern Californian punk luminaries yeah and then so es- established um, uh, when punk broke for the second time the the 1994 effect um the dookie effect it, i think some the, the dookie effect some people call it i believe yeah, yeah this, well, wasn't, this wasn't dookie i mean i'd call it the nevermind effect really but but yeah but 94 was kind of the year that uh most of the bands that were on epitaph 
became huge deals and changed the yes. label from a little kind of P.O. box at Brett Gerwitz ran out the back of a garage <laughs> into one of the most recognisable record labels in our world by some considerable distance. And when you look at the bands, the vast, vast back catalogue of the different types of bands and the different types of albums that have come under the, the Epitaph banner, choosing five is some fucking task i think yeah it was really hard i had a short list of about 17 yeah and i'm gonna die soon as people can probably hear so <laughs> i'm not even gonna give any shout outs to any of the uh the other things we'll probably talk about them as we go uh i'll uh, do some quick shout outs no you won't no you fucking won't I'm saying, I'm saying i'm gonna fucking i'm ill i want to get out of this shit hole this is my house you, I don't even know your what house, yeah yeah oh, i don't i want to stay in this shit i want, I want you to get out of my <laughs> shit hole uh, <laughs> uh to be very clear i am not recording from inside steve's shit hole <laughs> anyway um Okay, go on. Quick few quick shout outs. You should probably really do them in the in the actual All right, mate, I'll do it your way. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, you look sad. Yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> Don't be sad, Renfrew. It's, we can, fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So do you want to start or shall I? I'll start. Number five, go. Number five, I'm going for the best album by New Jersey Emo esque. Turn of the century, turn of the millennium types. Right. Thursday. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. That's fucking right. People already turning the shit off in absolute hatred and disgust. Because it's not full collapse, is it? Because it's not full collapse and it's not war all the time. Oh, fuck. It's not no. war all the time. Fuck no. Because it's not their best record. Thursday's best album is probably their least listened to record as well. Um, no Devolution by Thursday. Yeah. You can all you fucking like wow. but it's their best record I'll tell you why it's their best record go for it it's not dated Full Collapse if you listen to Full Collapse now I did a few weeks ago actually it's a fucking don't get me wrong fucking great record yeah brilliant record sounds very 2002 though yeah uh, and War All The Time sounds very 2004 five. Oh, okay four um, No Devolution it's just using so many different like it feels like it's taking influences from so many different things like i can hear loads of joy division in there i can hear loads of post-rock elements like stuff like mogwai and explosions in the sky and there are songs on there i don't know what genre no devolution is it's just a completely odd weird album in and of itself that i couldn't possibly even begin to define or put into a box it's a really special 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 thing and bands, whenever they, um, I think making this record is what split them up initially. They have actually come back now, yeah. but they split up really soon after this album came out. And I think it really, I think it was a really difficult record for them to make. I think it was a very, very tough album. Um, and it kind of, it shows in the best possible way. Sometimes when you work really hard on a record, it can ruin the feeling, but sometimes you work really hard and you get something truly special. And I think No Devolution is easily the best thing. And I do mean the best. I don't mean my favourite. That's crazy. It's not at all, though. If you actually Ooh. listen to it... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not suggesting you haven't listened to it, but if you actually listen to it and put it next to Full Collapse, I can totally appreciate people 
saying they prefer full collapse but in terms of the actual quality of the record and like the places that it's going the diversity um i mean if you can't be asked to listen to the whole thing and if you screw you if you can't but um songs like sparks against the sun are just like really uplifting amazing weird ass songs that i've never heard before there's this incredible song on it called uh, past and future ruins which is i mean <laughs> like uh jeff jeff rickley barely screams on this record which was quite different for thursday at the time but there's again just like the sylvain thing there's this bit where he does this horrifying scream towards the end of the song and like in the middle of the song and it just sounds like the heaviest thing you've ever heard because it's all about subtlety and about pulling back and not throwing you know understanding in a car crash in your face all the time and not being turned up to 11 all the time i'm you know i'm not saying full collapse is turned up to 11 all the time but it's a far less diverse and interesting record than no devolution um and i was really fucking gutted when thursday split up because they had just released the record of their uh career well there you go what a controversial start and it actually leads very well into my number five because my number five and this is a new shout out uh i did actually consider full collapse and i did actually consider full collapse all war all the time it's full collapse on um oh, sorry not full collapse. Um, I was gonna war say. All the time i did consider mm. war all the time um although i do think full collapse is just about my favorite still sorry emo aren't That's i fine. um but that first one i was like the first the top so the top three for, for this kind of wrote themselves quite easily actually Four and five, not so much. Number five, I was thinking, what epitaph albums have I really kind of, do I really go back to a lot? And the the period, and I started going, oh yeah, the period where like, all I got of a band of us by Architects is only a couple of years old, but I go back to that so much. Um, War of the Time, again, I go back to that all the time. Um, Hot War Music, A Flight and a Crash was one. This is where you're doing before. the shout outs, isn't it? Yeah. Very professional. I don't know. It's so much better. It was so really seamless. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Like, well done. I'm... Watch and learn, referee. <laughs> <laughs> even, even when he's ill. <laughs> even when he's ill. Amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, like After the Party by the Men's Singers, I think is a brilliant mm-hmm. record to come out recently. Mm-hmm. But there is one record that has come out in the last couple of years that's been on Epitaph, which I have listened to pretty much continually since the first time that I heard it. And... It's quite a personal record to me, and it feels like a gift, actually. Uh, and that's um, Stage 4 by Touche and Moore, mm. um, which is, as fans will know, is a kind of... I don't know if it's... would you If you call it a concept record, but it's thematically yeah. about um, Jeremy, the lead vocalist of Touche and Moore, uh, dealing with his mum's death from cancer and i i interviewed him in the in the summer at 2000 trees about this uh for something else and i wanted to do a piece about kind of grief on the road um and bands having to kind of go and tour and he has to go and sort of bear his soul every night because that album is so raw Mm -hmm. and so honest and it's so specific to him and it's weird that it is so specific to him, but yet it speaks to me and my kind of influences. I did this interview with him. I ended up like in tears talking to him mm. about his record, about his mum, mm. right? Do you know? And I said to him, I was like, 
I really, I, I was like, it's so unprofessional to basically like break down when you're fucking interviewing someone. But your album has, because like, I don't know if I said it. Well, anyway, so like, like my, so my mum had breast cancer when I was a kid and I was 20 and I would, didn't really deal with it very well. And she's fine and she's been in remission for long for like decades now. But because I was young, I was quite unable to sort of compartmentalise that. I felt a lot of kind of, um, I held on to a lot of guilt about the way that I treated my mum while she was going through that. Mm. And listening to this record, and still to this day listening to this record, it speaks to me on such an unbelievably profound level that I've been able to talk to my own family and reconcile something which was really, really sort of a deep-seated negative like thing that was in my my body. Do you know what I mean? And I said to him, like, that is that is such a fucking like you don't understand how big a gift that is you've given me for, for doing that. And I know this might sound, it might sound a bit too personal and it might sound a bit wanky, but it's really true because that album is so fucking I don't know, like I say, it just speaks to me on on such a uh, like on on such a deep level, and it's such a brilliant record as well. It's, the it's, songs yeah. are amazing, yeah. and you know, in the first song where he says, "I I still haven't found the courage to listen," it's not the first song, but it's um, uh, uh, New Halloween, isn't it? Where he says, "I still haven't found the courage to listen to um, your last message to me," and then on Skyscraper, the very very last yeah, song, the very is. very end of the album is. Is, is that message is the voicemail the from, from his mum mm. and <laughs> if you can hold it together mm. when that comes in having listened to it the whole way through the record mm. well then you are a stone-hearted strong-willed mm. human being i think it's just i can't ever foresee a time where i don't listen to this record mm. i'm actually a bit annoyed it's only at number five to be perfectly <laughs> honest because i feel like as time goes on it will probably climb up that list mm. i can't see me feeling less towards it i can only see me feeling more sort of closer to it so yeah that's my number five to share more it's interesting that record you you i'm not trying to do top trumps or anything like no, that. no of course no it's fine but um that record came out a similar kind of time that my mum got ill and it's a different uh it's a completely different thing um <laughs> she has dementia rather than cancer but i've actually every time you talk about that album I want to listen to it, but I've probably only heard stage four five or six times, truthfully. Hard, isn't it? Hard work to... I, I, th- I think the time that it came out, yeah. I, I, under- I totally understand what you mean by the gift thing. Yeah. Uh, in a s- weird way, I feel like it will be a gift for me one day. Yeah. But I'm not there. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I think it is so raw and it is so um, reminiscent of a lot of stuff that I can relate to that I actually struggle to listen to it. But yeah. as a piece of art, I think that is a phenomenal thing. Yeah. So I can't talk about it in the way that you talk about it because I don't listen to it because it is too raw for me right now. But one day, I know I'm going to go back to that record and it's probably going to be one of the most cathartic records it's I ever very, listened very, to. It's very, very, very cathartic, yeah. I think it's a brilliant album. And, yeah. I, and I actually, every time you talk about it, 
whether on mic or off mic, I, I kind of think to myself, I wish I could listen to it, but I yeah. don't feel like I can at the moment. Yeah. But yes, I, but despite that, I agree with everything you're saying. Mm. So yeah, it's a phenomenal album. Really, really. How are they going to top that? I I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no, no offense to Tisha. No, no, no. Brilliant I, band, but it's like a, we said about the Satanists that sometimes a series, a set of circumstances, just appear yeah, in yeah. an artist's life that means they get the chance to create something which they yeah. can't ever really, they can't ever, not through ability or a lack of trying yeah. or any other kind of chemistry, but it's just circumstantially they they just that is a moment that they can't. That, that is that moment and yeah. that's you know yeah absolutely uh anyway what's your number four my number four um and in a way it's shocking that this band are so low down the list but if the album that i really wanted to choose was in the album that i really wanted to choose was released in epitaph in this country <laughs> but it was re-released in this country on epitaph so i am not including it but my number four is Let Live. And it's not The Black is Beautiful, Steve. Isn't it? No. Because I prefer If I'm the Devil. Oh. This is going to be controversial. I think this whole list is going to be relatively controversial, actually. Um, but yes. Um, so I know I'm uh, sat opposite a man who I know adores The Black is Beautiful. I think you even consider it probably one of the best records of the last 10 years, maybe. Well, it's a contender. No spoilers, Renfrey. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but um, I think um, I love The Black is Beautiful, but it's my third favourite Let Live Records. Um, and I am one of those uh, moaning cunts who can't stand the production on The Black is Beautiful. What is this? It, it's, it is really bassy. It's really, it sounds, it's produced like a hip hop record and it makes it deadens everything that is good about songs and it fucks me off. And seeing those songs live made me go, my God, this record is so much better in a live environment. But I, I the production job for Black is Beautiful for me is on a par with like Sin Anger production and, and Justice for All. I hate it. I hate it. I've, I can't stand it. Okay. I think the songs are amazing, but I can't. Let's not stand talk about the Black is Beautiful too much. <laughs> but if I, if I, yeah, I'm going. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Black is Beautiful later. Um, my favourite Let Live record was actually Fake History, but that's the one I was alluding to that was You're re-released right, okay. on Epitaph. So I'm yeah. not choosing that. So if I'm the Devil, I just think it was a beautiful final, and again similar to No Devolution in that like. What genre is that? You know, a post-hardcore band who kind of turned into what by the time If I'm the Devil came out? I mean, there's all sorts of things on it. You know, there's stuff that went back to their past, like another hardcore song, which I actually think is uh, one of the worst songs on the record, to be honest. Um, but then there's beautiful stuff like Foreign Cab Rides, which is yeah, one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Um, and stuff like... Um, uh, what's the seventh track? I can't remember the name of it. Anymore. But I just think there is so much going on on that album. And I'm gutted to say, you saw the Brixton Academy, didn't you? Yeah, with Creeper and uh, yeah. someone else. I, <laughs> I didn't see I, I genuinely them. can't remember who that band was. 
Uh, it was Pierce the Veil. Pierce yeah, the yeah. Veil. That's yeah. it. Yeah, what I the fuck was that? About? Um, I I didn't go to that because I was just like, I'll I'll see them when they don't do a support slot because support slots in Brixton Academy are notoriously shit for bands because the sounds usually gack and all that kind of thing. Like occasionally they're good, but more often than not, they're kind of a waste of time. Apparently that was amazing. That one. Um, kind of gutted, Can confirm. Yeah. I'm gutted. I didn't see it because it was pretty much bar the main single from this album, the brilliant, um, good morning, America. Good morning, America. Uh, I never saw any songs from this live and it, kills me it kills me that i didn't see any songs from this album live because i think it's fucking brilliant i just love the diversity of it we were talking about slipknot earlier and this almost feels like they're volume three in terms of diversity but still feeling like a whole um yeah i can see that i just i just soul influence in it yeah soul, soul kind so of so much soul you know funk on the first um, i've always say like Punk cross with funk on fake history. Punk cross with gangster rap on Black is Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Punk yeah. cross with soul on Fun with Devil. Fucking great album. What a great band. And yeah, yeah. sorely missed. I will but... talk about them in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. My number four. I wanted to pick something from the kind of the golden age of Epitaph Records. So Descendants, everything sucks. I thought I might have a bit of that. Obviously. Punk and Jubilee by Nerfex is brilliant. I love Full Circle by Pennywise. Tomorrow's Ashes, Yesterday's Empires by Propaganda mm. is that's a great record. Fucking insanely that brilliant. That yeah, is yeah, a, yeah. a wonderful, wonderful like kind of yeah. um, melodic, hard hitting punk record. But I would be lying if I said I preferred any of those records to Smash by Offspring. Ah, really? I would oh, be lying if I said that. Because Smash by Offspring is so fucking brilliant. It is the biggest selling um, independent album ever, still to this day. Yeah, and will remain so till the end of time, yeah. I imagine. 11 uh, million copies? Something like that, yeah. And That's a lot. Every fucking song on that record is awesome. Like, every single song is snotty and brash. Mm-hmm. and bratty and catchy and like you were saying oh you know thursday sounds a bit 2002 smash sounds so 1994 yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. it sounds you put it on now and you get but and you know and people will talk about self-esteem and come mm-hmm. out and play and obviously they're the the ones that you want to talk about great but song like fucking ge- like genocide's the one for mm, me. genocide's like, great. genocide is it's like it's so great and even the weird shit like Killboy Powerhead I'm just like yeah. this is a weird little song but isn't it fucking brilliant it's a cover isn't it yeah yeah. I, I don't I th- know who it's a cover of off the top of my head but I think it, it's Killboy Powerhead right okay <laughs> I, think, I think the band are called Killboy Powerhead okay, right yeah and just you know it it was it's the you know the that and Dookie are kind of rightly lauded as those two records that, t- that invented pop punk I guess like they invented yeah. what became pop punk and you know certainly although, brought it to a mainstream audience yeah. yeah i mean if you want to be oh yeah i know bad, there's blah, blah, blah. there's the vandals and there's bad religion yeah. uh yeah of course like yeah. you know and the, i mentioned the descendants so i think it probably got if anyone's got claim to that crown yeah, i think descendants yeah. are the, the band who have got the claim to that crown personally but um but yeah like it's an obvious one and i think everyone will go 
is it really that good? I mean, the thing is, it's like it's been overplayed, but is it really that good? Yeah. It is a great record. Because when I play, I pl- I played it back alongside, I was like, oh, I might pick Full Circle. And then I thought, I'll put Smash on. And Smash is so much better than Full Circle. Mm. And I absolutely love Full Circle. I'm just going to fucking bro him on it. Like, it's a wicked record. But This is Pennywise. Yeah. Mm. But Smash is just... And it was so important to me growing up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was so massive to me growing up that uh, that I... I had to, I had to have it in there. It was that, you know what I mean? When you're a kid and you get Dookie and you get Nevermind and you get Smash and you get the first Foo Fighters album and you get like 10 and and Super Unknown and all this stuff. And it's just like, suddenly you've you've got this world, you've got Siamese Dream and you've got all this fucking world of music. And those albums will always be so, so, so special. And they're the big, you know, the big, 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 big ones Mm. uh, will always be so, so, so special to me. That kind of period of 91 to 94, 95 when I started getting Mm -hmm. into music a lot, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, And 10, and do you know what I mean? Like they'll always have this massive hold on me because they were were the ones that we we were all listening to them together as a a generation. I um, have a brief confession. I... um, I bought Dookie and Smash uh, from Woolworth in eight. Yeah. Uh, and then on you the went same day. What? <laughs> <laughs> and sold, sold cracks were first. Yeah. Uh, let's bring that up again. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what it is with you bringing up me killing those prostitutes all the time. I just wish you'd let it go. But um, yes, I bought Smash and Dookie on the same day. And I was so taken with Dookie. Um, I took smash back fucking hell wow because uh because i'm an idiot on reflection yeah. i was accurate. 10 or 11 to give myself okay. some credit oh, i would have bullied you <laughs> get you in a headlock give you a nookie nick but i was very money. yeah for a few years well it would have been for another four years i was like ah, oh, green day great offspring yeah whatever yeah. um and then embarrassingly it was hearing pretty fly for a white guy on i believe an advert for sex in the city which made me go what is this yeah. and then i heard dexter holland i was like oh it's the offspring then i bought americana then i bought ixnay and then i re-bought smash and four years later it made sense but but at the time that i bought it it uh the 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 day glow green day ness both great records yeah both amazing i mean yeah i i I, I smash is wonderful i think green day will always be special to me but i was more of an offspring man wow i say that i like ixnay and smash and ignition as well i really really love Mm -hmm. i not Green Day versus Offspring feature could potentially be yeah, interesting one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking hell, um, <laughs> both end up killing each other. I don't know if it's fair. Yeah, but no. <laughs> it'd be an interesting feature at least. So, um, what's your number three, Renfrey? Um My number three is another quite recent record. I'm actually realising that all of these records are quite recent because yeah. I don't care about going back into the annals of time. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I absolutely adore The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die's Harmlessness. Okay. Uh, I that think is a good record. You're it right. is a beautiful, very special, special record. I think they are a beautiful, very special band. They have this amazing interplay between male and female vocals. Um, I remember it came out and sort of sneaked up on me. It's a weird <coughs> album that doesn't... It it doesn't grab you immediately because there are no, barely any song on it has a chorus. Uh, um, they they all have parts which sound 
could like they could be choruses but there isn't a typical sort of verse chorus verse chorus structure yeah on practically the entire record it's just lots of great parts smooshed together so it's a record that you really have to give time because it's so full of stuff it's like 50 minutes of constantly new parts coming in Uh um but once it clicks it is one of the most magical experiences uh in terms of like a full album it's very much a full album that needs to be listened to in full in an era where people don't tend to do that um but I just think it's one of the most beautiful records ever. Like a lot of it is very, it's kind of a, I suppose like modern emo fable, I guess, in terms yeah. of like, there's lots of like very dark stuff on it. About when you say emo, you're, that will make people sort of not really appreciate the, the yes. depth and the dexterity of it. Yes, you're right. Um, it's difficult to know of a better word. I mean, it's, it's, it's. Well, it's sh- it is massively, hugely emotional. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. you know, that is, it's accurate but i just you know yeah no, we're not talking right. about and we shouldn't ever have to point this out again on this podcast but when we say emo we're not talking about aiden <laughs> yeah to be really clear yeah. yeah we're never talking about aiden when we talk no. about emo um and we're never talking about aiden ever again um but it's just i think it's one of the best quote unquote emo records probably in the last 10 years i think it's yeah. an absolute masterpiece it's great record yeah um all of their records are really good actually but this is just brilliant from beginning to end and just that thing that you were saying about really personal story um it feels really personal to me um the rest of these records all do actually but like it's just a beautifully put together album uh from start to finish and i absolutely adore it stupid stupid name as well yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> All right, my number three is Aiden. Um, <laughs> hey, they weren't on Epitaph, were they? Maybe they were. Oh, you fucking know. They were on Victory. Yeah, they would have been on Victory. <laughs> uh, no, my number three is Axe to Fall by Converge. Now, there's always going to be ah. a Converge album in there. Ovs. You got that as well, yeah? It's my number two. Oh, well, let's Well, fucking... you go first and then I'll add Well, let's to do what... it together then because I'm about to ask you what your number two is. Been asking. You've worked out quite well. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I we couldn't have Jane Doe because it came out it's of Equal Vision. Tough. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I I did think about You Fail Me because I think that's brilliant. I think obviously No Heroes is fucking amazing yep. as well. But Axel is the it's the, their volume three, <laughs> which I've said a lot. This, this but in terms of diversity, it's it's a jam. <laughs> it, it's a it's the closest Converge have made to a jam. Record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Converge, There's shit tons of guests on it. Yeah, and Converge are a band who have uh, made up of four very unique characters mm. who all bring a very unique individual style to their sound. Mm. And I think what's interesting about Axe of Fault is that is still there. The brush strokes of all the other people that mm-hmm. come in, the members of Entomb, the members of Neurosis. Caven. Uh, yeah. Caven's the big one for me. Caven, yeah. yeah. Brodsky's on it, isn't he? And um, who was so great when they did the Blood Moon, seeing Stephen Brodsky. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Fucking hell. Well, that, that, was, that was amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, you know, to me, Axe to Fall is, is the great kind of converge... It almost feels like something that I dreamt up. 
yeah yeah it feels like one of those so you know like there was that um in the mid 90s for years and years and years there was talk about like tapeworm projects with trent Reznor and maynard james keenan and, and like it's almost like these records that you invent in your head and you just can't believe that they would ever come out and tapeworm yeah. never did no. um uh but uh there is a song from it on that emotive perfect circle record but yeah which is fucking brilliant um but or, or you know devon townsend with gajira on that sea shepherd ep which yeah. apparently will never come out ever no no, no. i you can't like, find it on youtube though and it's great that's coming out oh yeah, that, that, that will come out are you allowed to say that uh <laughs> do we need to put an edit point in there no no i think okay. I, I think it'll come out okay <laughs> sounded less sure that time um so um yeah but those records which you just dream of and you just go oh my god that's that's you know that would be amazing if that happened and axe the fall is one of those records it is, and it actually it's like happens yeah when you, go, you sit down and you go wouldn't it be amazing if they did this or that and, da, 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 yeah. and then they did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's fucking yeah. great and i what i love about it is the guests kind of they come in slowly but surely yeah do you know what i mean because to start with the first few is just converge being converged yeah, yeah, yeah you know dark good, horse good and... enough for anyone oh but, Converge um, being a brilliant conver- I mean Dark Horse is Yeah oh fucking Yeah amazing. so great Like the first sort of Three or four songs Just like rattling yep. You're like hooray And then By the end It's like a completely Different record Yes yeah it's well a totally different record Those last two songs I mean Just the most atmospheric Esoteric Weird Strange I mean They're no longer like a, I don't know A hardcore band Or some people call them A metalcore band Or whatever you know I mean what other Again We're talking about Genreless music Now aren't we Like I wouldn't say Converge are a genreless band Generally But At their most esoteric And weird Like on those Blood Moon shows And those last two songs On Axe to Fall Yeah um, They are yeah, they are genreless. I mean, I don't know what they fit into. They're really. completely unique. Yeah, I mean, they're a yeah. completely unique band. But at the same time, like you say, they're a hardcore band. That's so yeah. fucking so great. They're so great. Yeah. They're just. The, I mean, you're wearing the Jane Doe t-shirt. I am yeah. right now, and we both love Converge. So oh. I'm not surprised it's your number two. No, it's my number three. My number two is the Black is Beautiful by Let Live. Ah, which I think is I had the, a feeling this was going to come. I up. think is it's a straight fight between forever by code orange and the black is beautiful for the best record of this decade for, for me i would also throw in the satanist and i would throw in i'm not even just saying it. i might throw in dosha dreams but i Ooh. fucked up as and touche more i think would be another one that i would chuck in there as being like that come would on be, name every record that came out that in would this be last the top decade. five okay best albums of this decade for me at the moment, I think. Not that new Shining album? <laughs> no. Uh, no, but if we're doing the top... That new Paul Weller album? 50,000. It still wouldn't <laughs> quite make it in. Um, so Not quite. I don't know what... I've I've heard this stuff about the production. I do not even... I. It's not even like I disagree. I just don't even know what I'm supposed to disagree with. I... I I do you not hear it at all? I don't even know what the problem is. I mean, when you said it's produced like a hip hop album, I was like, yeah, how great is that? Like, it's fucking great. I li- like. It just feels like the the bass has been turned right up so much, and you can't 
there's no definition in the mids or the trebles and for the entire record like it's a cool stylistic choice for bits of a song or maybe even an entire song for the entire record it doesn't work for me but maybe it depends how nerdy you are about that sort of thing and maybe i'm nerdier about that sort of thing than you are well maybe i mean i don't know i'm not sure that you are i think i actually just like the fact that it sounds like a fucking wu-tang clan record mm, maybe you know I, mean? <laughs> I, I i fucking love that i love that it fucking raw it's it stomps around like wu-tang fronted by he's like old dirty bastard and Henry Rollins mm. and Michael Jackson mm. and Stax Era Soul <laughs> and the MC5 all at the fucking same mm. time. Mm. And they, in they, terms they of like defended that production to the hilt, they yeah, were just so like, they well, we fucking wanted it that way, so tough shit. And if that's how they wanted it, fine. But I, I don't like it. I, I'm talking purely production to be totally okay. clear. I'm not I think the record carry on is amazing. The production okay. when the songs are that fucking good. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. yeah. The songs are I mean? incredible. Like, Pheromone yeah. Cult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, younger, uh, like Renegade. That's some Renegade. That's on fake history. That's fake history. Um, yeah, and um, Banshee, Ghost Fame, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. those, those songs. Fucking amazing song. Just Jason on it never sounded wilder. He's never sounded. But to me, that is that is the best. That is the best version of Jason. I think. I think I love him on the on the album that came after it. I love that he was showing more restraint and he was showing other bits and different sides to his character and stuff mm. i think that's really really fucking cool mm. and i think that 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 kind of evolution was something that was definitely good for the band it needed to happen yeah. yeah um but i just think the black is beautiful is just such a fucking ride it's it is just such a fucking ride and i you know the the moment i heard it i got sent it for metal hammer to review and I, I've, I've definitely told this story a whole bunch of times. Um, I got sent, I was, it was when I was living with an ex-girlfriend and we had no like internet that worked at all. Um, so I used to have to go and download or stream music in the Cafe Nero around the corner. And I'd take my headphones and I'd order like a pot of tea and I'd plug my computer in and I'd get on their Wi-Fi and I would write in cafe i would sit in cafe nero all day and just write like whatever i had to write or do whatever like write stand up or write mm-hmm. reviews or do a feature or whatever and um and then email it off just check my emails and shit and i remember getting the email through can you review the, the new let live album and because i loved fake history so much, yeah. I was like, of course fucking hell yeah definitely i got the stream through 10 minutes later and the first i pressed play on it and i was literally like squirming around in my chair straight away like text I, th- I think i text i text somebody and i was like i think i text my friend ben who we were both massive on fake history and i was like i'm listening to the new let live and it's better it is like just 10 times i was like this is the best fucking album this mm. is the best i tried to give it 10 in metal hammer mm. and they went whoa 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 like come on you're going a bit like they thought i was going overboard mm. um but i would give it 10 Mm. Is it your favourite Let Live record? Yeah. Mm. What's my second favourite album on Epitaph? It's True. probably it. You know, it, it. It's probably the best record of this this decade. Is what I think. I prefer Fake History. Okay. If I'm honest, and I prefer If I'm the Devil as well. Um, 
I think it's I think it's a stunning record. I'm not in any way taking anything away from it. I remember I can't remember if Jason said this or not, but um, you know, people were saying like Black Flag meets Michael Jackson around the time and that is effectively what it is and who doesn't want to listen to that? Like you know, it's fucking amazing. Um but yeah. yeah, yeah. So no disagreements from me. What's your number one, Renfrey? Me number one. Um Is it what I think it is? Are you twisting the rules a little bit? No. Oh. No. I thought you were going to do that. I thought you were going to give me an EP. No, 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 no. Let's just it, say, for um, as a little peek behind the curtain, yeah. <laughs> me and Renfrey did a pilot for Riot Act in the summer and we did this exact thing. And actually, both of our top fives seem to have changed. Yeah, 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 they yeah, have. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, quite, um, quite exponentially. Uh, but you had a massive go at me for choosing an EP last time, so I decided to change it. <laughs> you picked, iron- yeah, I was just annoyed that I'd forgotten about it. So you picked Irony is a Dead Scene. Yeah, which I'd, like to give a sh- which I'd like to give a shout out. Patton. Because it is fucking amazing. Let's just say, probably the best 12 minutes of music ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, like Mike go. Patton joining one of the best, most subversive bands of all time. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I think at the time I said... Um, it, it, even now it sounds like music from the future and it's about 16 or 17 years old ridiculous that is amazing but yeah. uh but it's an ep so it is an EP. i'm gonna go with an album um and i can't believe i forgot that this record was on here but again i'm gonna choose an album by a band that usually people would choose a different record but i'm gonna go with my favorite menzinger's record right that's right um rented world by the menzingers uh speaks to me in such a personal way that it is by far my favorite menzingers record which is not a popular opinion usually people will go for on the impossible past which is fucking great some people will even go for after the party the new one which is also fucking great really good but Rented World, to me, I, call, I really like Menzingers when they do uh, Love Lawn kind of ballad. Um, and Rented World just has the best that they've ever done. Like uh, Where Your Heart Exists and um, uh, Transient Love. Uh, like they just, just, these songs are just... I mean, the line in Where Your Heartache Exists is, um, I know where your heartache exists. It's when you're around and when you're without me. You know, which is one of the most bittersweet things I've ever (coughs) heard in a song. But also one of the truest uh, that I have felt about so many people in my life. Um, And uh, it just so brilliantly encapsulates me <laughs> this record um i don't want to be an asshole anymore something i thought about quite a lot um yeah. just uh, i thought that about you a lot as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it captures i think um they might have said this at the time but i think rented world is a perfect kind of encapsulation of the late 20s after the party was meant to be their early 30s record yeah and uh i think rented world is capturing a period of time that you are desperate to cling on to uh, because you're desperate to not become like a real adult with real problems like mortgages and kids and weddings and shit like that. And you're, you're having a last kind of hurrah of like, 
I don't know, going to house parties and like, I don't know, fingering someone behind the bike sheds or something, which is not on in the album at all. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But, but uh, you know, you're trying to have that last hurrah of your 20s and as a result, fucking up constantly mm. and making a total tit of yourself. And yeah. um, But then it also has beautiful songs like... Um, uh when when we die when i die the the very last song on it is just like an almost like bob dylan acoustic key strummed lament and just one of the most beautiful songs in the like simplest beautiful songs in the world which has a melody which sounds like it's a thousand years old just totally timeless uh where do people go when they die kind of mournful lyrics it's just fucking beautiful i just think it's mm. a almost perfect record it was my number one album of the year the year it came out which i think was 2014 right i just love it but no one else talks about it in the way that i do is everyone goes on about on the impossible past and after the party which are both great records but i i think this is miles better than both of them i also think chamberlain waits is massively underrated as well but that's another Story for another day. So there you go. You picked The Mending as your number one. Mm. I've picked the only genuinely what could be considered correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you've picked. Everybody should know what I've picked. Mm. Everybody should be screaming, if he hasn't picked this record, fuck this guy, right? Because (laughs) I'm sorry. Again, it might seem quite obvious. For my money... And Out Come the Wolves by Rancid is clearly, clearly just the most joyous record ever made, Mm. ever, by anyone. Oh, they sound like The Clash. No, they don't (laughs) sound as, The Clash don't sound as good as this, mate. The Clash haven't made this many good songs back to back to back to back. I actually agree with that. Rancid over fucking 18 18 or 19 19 Uh, tracks um, on Outcome the Wolves. There is not a single second of fat on this record. Yeah, they're just a punk rock band. Yeah, you know, it sounds like the classic days of Oi and scar and early punk rock and it's derivative of bloody 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 whatever tim armstrong is a fucking bloody poet. bloody 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 are fucking great though yeah tim armstrong is a fucking poet his relationship with his best friend lars Fredriksson, which is writ large all over this record is beautiful it's what humanity is Fucking having a best mate, having your best friend and going out on tour and playing songs about how much you fucking love your best mate who stood right next to you. Like, Rancid are a gang and every single song on this album just sounds like the the, the 10 second countdown before New Year's Eve. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) When it goes three, two, one, happy new year. That is, that moment, three, two, one, happy new year. That is his record. 45 minutes all the way all the way through all the way through it's it's 19 songs songs. 50 minutes 50 minutes just just under it feels like it's one song that lasts two minutes it is 
It's like a fucking single. It's like a one-track single of just happiness. And and, and the thing is, is, is like, again, what I was saying before about Sick of It All when I compared them to Rancid, and I thought, well, I better not speak about Rancid too much because I'm going to go mental for them later on. But that thing, like, they've got it far more than Sick of It All do, or quite, you know, do get angry and political and whatever. And Rancid have done that a bit. But, but on this album, everything about it is... You know, it's the third album from a punk band who are young and wide-eyed and have spent two albums discovering the world, seeing the world, living in slums, playing in vans, playing in dive bars, mm-hmm. going to fucking weird outposts in the middle of nowhere, seeing those things, coming back, writing about them, yeah. having the best time, talking about their life, talking about how much they love the scene they're in, talking about how much they love punk rock as a culture how much they love each other how much they love the people that listen to them how much they love the the people around them it, it's just and and then you've got you know you've got the, i would tim armstrong amazingly like the best vocalist and the worst vocalist ever <laughs> at the same time can't sing for shit but fuck me i just want to like such a unique voice can't it's play, his attitude isn't it it's just his can't play guitar the best guitarist in the world. Matt Freeman, a legitimately unbelievable, spectacularly talented bass player. Like they've got this incredible rhythm section. Yeah. The yeah, kind yeah. of the grit and snarl of Lars Fredrickson and the slack and the kind of um the wide eyed, open mouth wonder at the world of Tim Armstrong. This album is perfect. It is literally a perfect album. There are days where I go and Out Come the Walls by Rancid is the best album ever made by anyone ever, 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 ever in the history of music. I feel that more than I feel that about possibly any other record with the exception of maybe two, there's two or three other records that I occasionally go, oh no, that's the best record ever made. But the amount of times that I would put an Out Come the Walls on and go, there is nothing on earth better than this revolution it's, radio by green Day. oh yeah 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 <laughs> there's that i suppose yeah um it's just fucking incredible and i will not take any other answers from anyone um don't at me oh <laughs> so uh so yeah there you go that is my answer rancid and that come the walls the single greatest record released on epitaph records or any other record label. A lot, um, a lot of um, records, a lot, lot of brilliant records that we didn't even like. Yeah. No, no effects. No. Uh, <laughs> Thrice released a record on Epitaph this year, which is fucking yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, Epitaph is just a brilliant record. Every time I die. Every time I die. I've of released course. a lot of records on, uh, on yeah, Epitaph. From and of course, New Junk Aesthetic onwards, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Brilliant. And. Um, uh, falling in reverse, quicksand. Let's quicksand. Falling in reverse. Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't falling in reverse. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, yeah, that what you think it was going to be? Yeah. All right. Anyway, listen. I'm going to fucking die. So this has been the last <laughs> podcast we'll ever do. Uh, I'm going to fucking put myself in a in a box and have someone throw me in the sea because I'll do that. Dead. I'll do that. I'm dying, Renfrey. All right. It's just going to be me solo next week. Um. So, so uh, next week you'll be reviewing the albums from uh, insert seventy five minute long in, instrumental post rock band <laughs> here. Uh, and the prodigy. So yeah, cool. Uh, go to musicism.net, put in riot at the checkout in capital letters. You get 25% off your courses from the guys at Tosca. Go to that Tosca album. It's fucking right. Good. Yes. <laughs> See you next week. See you, mate. <laughs>